This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. I feel like I'm a little low here. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Let me bump up a little bit. <laughs> I am back after a couple of days off. I'm going to tell you what happened. Including my overdose. It's, I promise it's way funnier than what it seems. I'm going to take the opportunity to educate some people who who may not know. Yeah, 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 that happened. And that happened the day after a guy called in and scolded me for my drug use in a call. I overdosed on Tylenol. <laughs> so this is not, not as bad as it seems. We're going to talk about that because we're going to try to w- raise some awareness of it. Apparently, some people, including myself, didn't know you could overdose on Tylenol. Just regular fucking Tylenol. I do live. It feels better than I ever have, actually. Maybe I need to puke my guts out for an entire day. Cleanse my system. <laughs> Oh shit, we're going to talk about all kinds of shit tonight. Fauci's leaked emails, his feud with Rand Paul. I'm hoping I saved my liver. My ex-girlfriend is a nurse, and we're still close. She might even show up in the chat tonight. And so, I get free medical advice, which I need it because I live in the United States. <laughs> so, she walked me through what to do. <laughs> yes, apparently, like, if I was still suffering the consequences, I would be having pain in my kidney liver area tonight, and that is not happening. So, Yay! Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend has testified in front of a grand jury. The uh, Prince Andrew lawsuit is going to move forward. We're gonna we're gonna hear from Dan Bongino on the FBI in January the sixth. Roger Stone says Donald Trump is unstoppable. If he runs in 2024. Inflation is now the number one concern of voters in the United States. Bernie. To the Guardian to blast Democrats. Being ineffectual because, you know, they fucking are. Talk about the Biden speech from Georgia. Stacey Abrams snubbed him while he was in Georgia. But first, I uh, we're, we're going to talk about this. 2021 was the deadliest year for law enforcement officers in the history of the country. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> not, not the people who were out there shooting cops or anything. No, no, no. They just stupidly died of COVID. Because I'm sure there's a lot of unvaxxed cops running around out there. We're talking about the sporty ball game that happened on Monday night that I think was probably a super spreader event. Oh, fucking sparkles. 
I I uh, formulated that there, it's possible that a new variant could emerge from the national championship game in Indiana on Monday. Sparkles gave it a name. Hold on. <laughs> he called it the uh, Rammer Jammer Alabama variant. <laughs> Because there were so many Alabama fans in attendance for the national championship game. <laughs> I'm in such a good mood tonight. Like, seriously. I I really haven't had a day where I felt 100% since, like, fucking November. Like, I had, like my shoulder hurt. My leg hurt. <laughs> I had the fucking congestion for, like, three weeks on end. I feel amazing tonight. I've cleaned my entire apartment, except my bathroom, where there's just vomit all over the back of my toilet. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> oh shit! Do I have a meme for you? I joined this. Uh, I joined this. Make offensive memes great again. Group, and it, honest to God, is just nothing but a bunch of right wingers posting like the most absurd shit you can think of and I've just been mocking the hell out of them and guess what they get really fucking offended so I made this one for like somebody said something like logical in the group today so I made this one for him today I did not get drunk Tones you missed out on I actually OD'd let's let's talk about that I'll get this out of the way So on Sunday night, the last time I was with you guys, I had a really bad toothache. But I made it through the show. When I went to bed, I couldn't sleep more than 30 minutes, 45 minutes without waking up. My fucking, my jaw was throbbing. And uh, I I got up and I popped a uh, I popped a fucking uh, astaminophen 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 generic Tylenol acetaminophen I think is what it's called I may be fucking it up I'd wake up about every forty five minutes every hour I'd pop a new acetaminophen 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 I'm still fucking it up. Thank you, Professor, for the phonetical spelling. I'm still fucking it up, I'm sure. <laughs> Did a metaphor. And w- I got to, like, um, 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was bugging the hell out of me that I couldn't fucking sleep, so I got up. I took two more. About 5 o'clock, I took two more. Now, apparently, you're not supposed to take more than 4,000 milligrams. In a 24-hour period. One of them is 500 milligrams. Yeah, 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 yeah. I took like fucking 16 in a 24-hour period. I woke up about 8.30. And boy, did I feel fucking weird. Boy, did I fucking feel weird. And, uh... Well, here's the thing. It's like I was hooked on lore tabs. In my 20s, so I'm like, fucking, yeah, I can handle this shit. It's not a big deal. You're telling me to go to the hospital. I ain't got no fucking insurance. 
I was going to go sign up for Obamacare, and that shit was like $500 a month. With the subsidies. I fucking can't afford $500 a month. Fuck that shit. I mean, I could. I could I could scrape by and fucking afford $500 a month. But I wouldn't be able to use it because there's still like a fucking copay and a deductible. I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine, Tones. I drank a shit ton of fucking water. Because I, as I said, I, my ex-girlfriend is a nurse. She walked me through what I needed to do. I threw up a lot. And I drank a shit ton of water. And I had a fucking bunch of work to do. And I'm forcing myself to do work. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, I actually woke up. Because uh, I took a nap mid-afternoon. Woke up. Ate some chicken. I got I got some fucking. I ordered groceries yesterday. I got some of that the classic chicken noodle soup. I got some Seven Up. Uh, I had like two cans of the soup. I kept the Seven Up down and everything. I fucking went back to sleep. I woke up about five five thirty or something. I felt great. I played video games with my friend last night. I almost did a show, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I am yeah, still still a little weird. I almost got on here. I packed a fucking gigantic-ass bong last night and was taking rips. I know, Tones, I know. I'm very lucky. I'm thankful that I have someone I can consult for medical advice. Let me drink lots of water, flush everything out. According, This is the drugs.com. Everything about the first 24 hours, the nausea, vomiting, stomach pain, paleness, tiredness, sweating, all of that shit. That's what I woke up with. None of this shit is happening. So that is that is why I feel pretty confident that I'm okay. None of this shit is happening now. Because, like, fucking, I can't afford to go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was over a, a period of time. And also, like, once again, I was hooked on fucking pills in, in my 20s. I know that was a long fucking time ago. Fucking Sparkles keeps reminding me that that was so fucking long ago, even though it doesn't feel like it to me. Oh, yeah, that was the thing. It's like I just wasn't feeling the effects of them, so I kept popping more. Because goddamn, but like, I feel fine. No problem. I just, I did something to aggravate one of my tickets. Like, I've told you guys about my dental problems, about how, like, I fucking, I need my, my fake front tooth replaced, but it was like $12,000 with insurance. Because in the United States, teeth are luxury bones. I've got a couple other issues that I'd really like to get taken care of. But, like, if I go and work a job where they give me insurance, they're going to want to pay me, like, fucking $10 an hour. Because that's, that's what they want to pay production techs and TV. Radio is even fucking less, so... Unless you do sales. So, I... I don't want to do that shit. I like putting in way less effort. And and here's it, like... The day I fucking OD'd, I fucking got, like, three more fucking gigs. I, I started work for a new educational company. Making, like, instructional videos for them. I got this other other gig where I'm running teleprompter for these presenters over Zoom, and then they're going to move me into, like, this production tech where I'm helping the presenters set up. 
And, uh, fuck, what, what was the other thing I got hired on to do? I don't even fucking remember now. Oh, he had a friend that said need a video editor. I'll give him your name. Well, no, go for it. All right, money. That's why I get called commie by people that I'm way more capitalistic than. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. Mar-a-Lago. What are they looking for down in Mar-a-Lago? I, I, I feel like if I went down there to work for him, I'd get stiffed somewhere along the line. Let's talk about the sickness that is sweeping the country. U.S. reports 1.35 million COVID-19 cases in a day shattering, shattering the global record. United States reported 1.35 million new coronavirus infections on Monday, according to a Reuters tally, the highest daily total for any country in the world as the spread of the highly contagious Omicron variant showed no signs of slowing. The previous record was 1.03 million cases on January the 3rd. I'm sure it was also the U.S. A large number of cases were reported each Monday due to many states not reporting over the weekend. The seven-day average for new cases has tripled in two weeks to over 700,000 new infections a day. This was the college championship game on Monday. That is a 73-year-old nature boy Ric Flair maskless in a crowd of people where I, I, I am estimating that fucking probably everybody in that goddamn stadium is infected with Omicron today. I talk about the sporty ball. Omicron is indeed exploding across the United States. Wow! Are you down with the sickness? Here's what to do if you've been exposed, which I was hoping to have Sparkles back in the studio this weekend. Guess what? Her son smoked pot with somebody who is now COVID positive in the last couple of days. So thank you, Raymond. Sparkles will still be remote for at least another week or two. Found out you've been exposed to someone who's tested positive for COVID-19. A rush of questions might come to mind. Do I have to quarantine? What if I can't find a good mask or a test? Even if I test negative, can I be certain that I'm not contagious? With Omicron causing record-shattering case growth over the past few weeks, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's guidelines about what to do after exposure have shifted, and they remain frustratingly unclear. I'll tell you what the guidelines are. Fucking go to work, plebes. Go to fucking work. Unless you dying, go to fucking work. Last thing anyone wants to do when they've just learned they've been exposed is to dig through a bunch of confusing guidelines. Yet we all need to know what to do in this situation. Even if you're not worried about Omicron's effects on you personally, you should. 
Maybe because it appears to be milder, because you're in a low-risk group, or because you think COVID-19 is inescapable at this point, it's crucial to do all you reasonably can to avoid spreading it to others right now, especially anyone who might be elderly, immunocompromised, or unvaccinated. Testing capacity is currently very strained, and some hospitals are already running out of staffing and beds. Staffing especially! really important that we not contribute to that crunch. Experts aren't suggesting Americans had to go back to a March 2020 style lockdown. I still see, I still see right-wingers talking about lockdowns. Someone was like, where have you been the last two years? What the fuck lockdown are you talking about? There has not been a lockdown since the spring of 2020. This fucking country has been wide the fuck open. Like at the start of the pandemic, we have vaccines and boosters that are highly effective at preventing serious illness and death. But they are advising people to be thoughtful about risk right now, both in terms of the precautions we take to avoid being exposed to Omicron and in terms of what we do if we have been exposed. So to get some clarity on what we should do in uh, the intermediate aftermath of an exposure, I asked three epidemiologists what they themselves would do. And as you'll see, there's a spectrum of views here. Within this spectrum, you can decide where you fall depending on your own risk cal- uh, calculus, people you come in contact with, and the community spread in your area. Just found out I've been exposed to... This is a piece from Vox, if you guys want to uh, follow up on this. I've just found out that I've been exposed to someone who tested positive. What's the first thing I should do? There's broad... Unanimity... I was doing so good! I wasn't fucking up any words tonight, except for a sentimentum... A sentimentum... Ah! Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not high enough for this yet. Feels good to actually take hits of pot again. You spend time indoors with someone and then they find out they've tested positive. It's possible you might get COVID-19 from the exposure, but you won't test positive immediately after it. It's only been a day or two since your exposure. The thing to focus on on first is not testing, but the possibility of needing to quarantine and the certainty of needing a good mask. The CDC says, I don't need to quarantine if I'm vaccinated and boosted. Is that really sound guidance? When I asked the epidemiologist whether they agreed with the CDC on this point, they expressed a range of opinion. Caitlin Jedatilli... I'm sorry, Caitlin, I fucked your name up. Jedalina says, I think it's a safe bet. Boosters prevent infection from Omicron very well. I didn't catch the the other epidemiologist's name. David Dowdy said he thinks it is reasonable depending on the level of transmission in your area. If you're in the midst of a hot spot, it probably makes sense to quarantine even if you are vaccinated. But if transmission levels are low, this is reasonable advice. Sarah Smith, an epidemiologist at Kent State University, uh, said she doesn't think we have enough data about Omicron to know if the CDC's advice is solid. Apparently there are, apparently there are indeed uh, people, experts, bucking the CDC advice. When should I take a test? What should I do if I have difficulty getting a test? 
Best time to get tested seems to be about five days after exposure or at any time after a fever develops. Just remember that tests, especially rapid antigen tests, are not foolproof. Testing negative doesn't mean you can go mask-free. You should still mask around others in public until it's been 10 days since the... You should just be wearing a mask in public now anyway. I don't like these little caveats. Wear a fucking mask. God damn. It's not that hard. It's the least anybody can fucking do. But we gotta contend with all these right-wingers. They're like, masks don't work. Vaccines don't work. Well, yeah, they don't work if not everybody fucking does it. You can't, you can't fucking not do the thing everybody says to do and then complain that they don't work. Holy shit. Trump, for his part, is actually calling out politicians who withhold their booster status. So he was on OAN uh, yesterday. Do you reconsider your push for it? Or what's your view now on the vaccine in general? Well, I've taken it. I've had the booster. And unfortunately, we're no longer on... Trump dies of COVID watch. It's like he's got the vaccine. He's been boosted. He's still kind of old, though. And he's overweight. Many politicians. I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed. And one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. you got to say it. Whether you had it or not, say it. But the fact is that I think... Thank you, Trump! (laughs) Tens of millions of people throughout the world. Uh, I have had absolutely no side effects. I've had it like other people have had it. Nothing special. I've had it. Why couldn't he have? Why couldn't he have said this shit? Starting in January of uh, last year. What the hell? You kept it a secret for so fucking long. Why? What? If you had been forthright from the beginning with your followers, we might not be in the situation we're in right now. Because I mean, like that, they fucking. Do exactly what you fucking say. But you left the opening for them to doubt the vaccine efficacy. And despite the fact that experts were warning about this, the football game on Monday had to go on. Now our tops. This is a, I think this is a piece from Sunday about the upcoming ball game that happened on Monday. To what is a collision course, surging COVID cases and the college football championship game. Monday night's game comes as Indiana is hitting record daily cases of new COVID. 100,000 visitors are arriving in Indianapolis this weekend for this football finale. Oh, God, it wasn't even an open stadium. Way, is a sellout. Also arriving tonight are the teams that are playing in the big game. The number Notice one- that Nick Saban has a mask on. We're going to come back to that. Tonight at Indianapolis International Airport. And shortly after, the University of Georgia team landed too. It had three... What up, Mono? ...players, the band, and fans. Now, both teams have very loyal supporters who often road trip to cheer them on. And that brings us back to the conflict over crowds and Omicron. Check this out. Why Why did they have to have crowds? Why couldn't they just play without people? I don't get it tested positive for COVID yesterday. And remember, this number does not... I mean, I do get it. It's money. ...the number of positive tests from those at-home rapid tests. 
Indianapolis, no doubt, right now in the spotlight. Tens of millions of people are expected to tune in to watch the game on TV. And some doctors who see and treat the COVID crisis daily are not sitting by quietly, saying that right now our city is missing an opportunity to set yeah, let's do it on how to slow the spread. And that is tonight's big story. The stage is set for a weekend of concerts down here on Monument Circle to celebrate. By the way, the we got a story coming up about how smoking a little Chiba might help you fend off the COVID. Visitors and fans to the Circle City. And that's got some folks taking to social media to express concern about that amidst the latest COVID surge here. This tweet makes it clear what one doctor from IU School of Medicine thinks about how the city's balancing public health during a COVID surge while hosting a national championship game. Quote, what frustrates me is that Indy had the national platform to lead and show the importance of public health by enacting a mask ordinance, proof of vaccination, or on-site antigen testing for game admission. Instead, our leaders elected to do nothing. Nothing. Monday's game comes just as COVID hospitalization numbers continue to rise in Indiana during this latest surge at a time when hospital systems... Love me some weed. A public service Ain't never OD'd on weed. No one message. OD'd on Tylenol. Goddamn. The campaign pleads for people to get vaccinated, get the booster shot, get tested, and mask up. And while the Marion... Indianapolis is a gorgeous city. ...made those same recommendations... Been there a couple times, watch some concerts there. ...get into Monday's game at Lucas Oil Stadium or the events leading up to it both at Monument Circle or the Indiana Convention Center. Sold-out hotels in downtown are helping to lead a $150 million economic impact. The health department issued a statement that said it continues to provide health safety recommendations for Lucas Oil Stadium and the college football championship game, and that it's working with other partners to safely host the event. The statement recommends safety measures to help stop the spread of COVID, saying, quote, this includes wearing a mask indoors in public spaces regardless of vaccination status, social distancing, Staying home and away from public spaces when sick. I don't see no masks, do you? Covering coughs. That's a 73-year-old man who almost died like three or four years ago. honor and point of pride that the Circle City could become, again, the center of the college sports universe, hosting back-to-back championships. going to be a super spreader event. Remember that last April, Indianapolis played host to the Men's College Basketball National Championship right here. Now, the Marion County Public Health Department will be holding a mobile vaccination clinic on Monday from 10 to 4. And uh, so you heard what the experts had to say about the health concerns of the national championship game, but what did the right wing have to say? Also, every time I see this dude's picture, I think it's like the weekend. I'm like, why is the Daily Wire advertising the, oh, that's not the weekend. It's the weird hair that's got me. To college football fans, thank you for being unafraid. Writes this Joe Morgan asshole for the Daily Wire. Look, I don't see a fucking mask on anybody. Jesus Christ. Oh, there is no distance between them. There are no masks. These people are yelling. Their mouths are wide open. Holy fuck. That's why I told Sparkles, like, this this game right here could very well spawn its own variant. She named it the Rammer Jammer Alabama variant. These are all Alabama fans. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. Georgia also has similar colors, don't they? They're both, like, a maroon color. I'm not, I'm not a football fan. I just know that Alabama got beat because I live in Alabama, and <laughs> I enjoy it. 
College football season came to a fantastic end on Monday night in Indianapolis with Georgia defeating Alabama 33-18 to to win the school's first national championship since 1980. While crowds had started to return to basketball arenas towards the end of the 2021 NBA playoffs, we still were unsure if stadiums with a capacity of 100,000-plus would be filled to the brim as COVID-19 continued to rage. The answer to the question came with a loud, a loud roar of hundreds of thousands of college football fans across the country. In Week 1, stadiums from Blacksburg, Virginia to Madison, Wisconsin were rocking. Fauci said, I don't think it's smart. Outdoor is always better than indoors, but even when you have such a congregate setting of people close together, you should be vaccinated. College football fans everywhere responded with laughter. As many parts of the country continued to cower in fear in the face of COVID-19, fans of football in the South and Midwest said enough, deciding that live needed to go on. Remember... We saw fucking the Delta variant just ravage the South and the Midwest. I I was indeed told to switch to ibuprofen. Thank you, Tones. Like, yeah, somebody else told me like the anti-inflammatory as well because I get a lot of the joint pain. That was what was fucking my shoulder, my knee, and everything up. So, the Daily Wire continues, We owe fans of the game a thank you for showing the world that despite challenges, life goes on. You can't protect yourself from all the dangers of the world, so you might as well get together with friends and family to enjoy the beautiful sport of college football. Now, remember, I pointed to Nick Saban. We saw him getting off the plane in the package earlier. I saw a lot of right-wing outlets, including the Daily Wire, promote this clip of Nick Saban from the uh, press scrum afterwards. Now, I don't know what Saban said, but uh, uh, what Nick Saban does after heartbreaking loss shows his true character. This is Dan Bongino we're hearing from. This is 100% pure class. I love videos like this. Sometimes we need to feel good, he says. Now... One of the reasons why I point out Saban and his mask coming off the plane is because living here in Alabama, Nick Saban is a fucking god to these people. And do you know who is very pro-vaccination and very pro-mask wearing? Nick fucking Saban. I'd like to say something. Can I say something? Absolutely. Kind of really, uh, I I like these we got to feel good sometimes, you know? I think he even wiped away a tear, didn't he? The world's not about being down all the time. we got the fucking Bongino. I saw this this morning. So congratulations to George. I was kind of hoping Alabama won. Uh, my Why? Daughter, uh, friend of my daughter goes to Alabama. My, uh, my oh, well, nephew, James, who's a great kid, who knows more about sports than I think anyone on planet Earth. He's a young, young, little young man, but he's a good kid. He loves Alabama. Bryce Young. Oh, they lost last night, which is a Roll show. damn Todd. Alabama was going to wreck them. I really did, especially after that SEC championship game. I thought it was over. Georgia won. So uh, good for you, dogs, man. I went saw the dogs play Florida at Jacksonville this year, and they were unbelievable. Their defense is crazy. Bennett, quarterback, walk-on. Great story, man. I didn't think they had it in them to win, but they did. They beat Nick Saban. But Nick Saban's a class act, man. 
He was Nick Saban after the game. Of course, they lost. He's the coach of Alabama. For the- I would I would love if you played what Nick Saban said about vaccines or about and, masks, uh, you motherfucker. Young and uh, and uh, was it Williams? Another player? I forget who it was. The other player. I'm sorry. Um, but they asked Bryce Young a question, and they're done, and they're they're like, okay, you guys can go back to the locker room, whatever. And Nick Saban says, no, 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 don't go anywhere. Uh, stay right here. I want to I want to do something. Let's hear it. What do you do? Check this out. Bryce and Will, thanks for your time. We'll let you head back to your locker room. I'd like to say something. Can I say something? Absolutely. You know, these two guys that are sitting up here, they're not defined by one game. These guys played great for us all year. They're great. Bungino or Saban? Leaders on this team, uh, and they that they contributed tremendously to the success of this team, and we would not be here without them. Because like Nick Saban is a fucking class act. Like I, I I don't like fucking sporty ball. I fucking hate Alabama because I live here and I hear roll damn tide all the fucking time. Anytime, anytime there's a, a football game going on here in town, uh, Sparkles loves to go out. She always sings the, uh, it's Christmas time for the Jews. Because we go out and it's like fucking empty streets. <laughs> so like, uh, fucking Nick Saban seems like a cool guy and he's usually on the right side of issues. The Black Lives Matter protest, the motherfucker went out with his players, fucking took a knee with him. Uh, he, as I said, fucking commercial after fucking commercial played constantly. Nick Saban telling Alabama to go get vaccinated. So he, he is a class act. I, and both of Gino on the other hand, I like to say a lot of shit to him. Um, but both of them contributed in a lot of ways in a positive way to giving us a chance to win and a chance to be here to have an opportunity to win. So I just want to thank them for that and let everybody know how proud I am of these two guys. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, that was good. Awesome. Yep. Just awesome. Takes a moment, right? Yeah, yeah. man. Good. Yeah, Very good. My, my point is, is why, don't you, why don't you play what Nick Saban has to say about masks and vaccines? Acknowledge the role of his players. Take responsibility for the loss and doesn't put the focus on him, puts it on his team. Just incredible. Very classy, very dignified approach. So great job, Nick Saban. Yeah, man, big time. You know, sometimes you can, you can win when you lose and sometimes you can lose when you win. Um, here's another video. Just- I'd, lo- I'd love to look Bongino in the eye and say, right wingers are fucking morons. I want to, I, my goal in, you know, three, four, five years is to be somebody they're bringing on Fox to argue with Bongino. I'd fucking love that. Give me Bongino. Let me be on stage at Politicon with him. So I, I want to face these idiot ass right wingers head the fuck on. Just like I, just like I face their bullshit head fuck on here on this show. You know, we lost Bob Saget, uh, <clears throat> comedian. I grew up with Bob Saget on Full House, and more important. Hey, I think I, I will watch it once in a while. But and why? Why? What? Fucking all the right wingers are are latching on to Bob Saget too. They did the same thing with Betty White. But uh, uh, Namigi Const did a good job going up against Mongino. She was on there just like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe. Check that out if you get the chance. Might have been a little less than that. I have no concept of time. 
As I said, I want to I want to confront everything. The head head the fuck on. Let's confront Fauci's emails. I might have to I might have to take this one down from the YouTube talking about the lab leak and everything. But we got it. We got to we got to get into it. NIH leaders advise scientists not to mention a lab origin as that will just add fuel to the conspiracists. One researcher told The Intercept. Tuesday, Republicans on the House Committee on Oversight and Reform released a letter that paints a damning picture of U.S. government officials wrestling with whether the novel coronavirus may have leaked out of a lab they were funding, acknowledging that it may have, and then keeping the discussion from uh, spilling out into public view. Letter signed by James Comer, a Republican of Kentucky, and Jim Jordan, a Republican of Ohio who helped cover up sexual abuse at Ohio State University, was followed by pages of notes on emails that were first obtained through the Freedom of Information Act by BuzzFeed News and the Washington Post, but were heavily redacted when published in June of 2021. The redacted emails included the agenda for a February 1, 2020 telephone conference between National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director Anthony Fauci, his then-boss, former National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins, and several of the world's leading virologists. Communications contained extensive notes summarizing what was said during the call, but their substance uh, was hidden at the time. Oversight committee staff were able to view the full emails in camera, which means they could physically look at them and take notes, but couldn't take copies of them. The information released Tuesday for the first time reveals the content of notes taken on February 1st, uh, taken from that February 1st call. On that call, virologist Michael Farzan and Robert Gary told Fauci and Collins the virus might have leaked from the Wuhan lab, might have been genetically engineered, the transcription of uh, Gary's notes suggest, but this now seems unlikely. Another possibility, and this is, okay, this is a recurring theme. That's why, one of the reasons why I believe to this day it was naturally occurring, because all of these virologists seemed to first go to the lab leak theory and then ruled it out. The the bat lady that they call her, the, the, the Chinese scientist that was actually over the lab, her first thought was that it leaked from that lab that she oversaw. She went back and looked at the, the genomes and said, whoo, it didn't come from my lab. So that is why I hold the position that it is more than likely zoonotic. And that is where the evidence leads us at this moment. Another possibility put forward by Farzan was that it could have uh, been evolved in the lab through a process known as serial passage. Email is out of context, Gary wrote Wednesday in an email to The Intercept. This was one email among many I was sharing with my colleagues. The two methods represent two different ideas behind the so-called lab leak hypothesis. One that gained uh, notoriety early in the pandemic is genetic engineering, where scientists insert and delete nucleotides in the virus's genetic code, in this case viral RNA, to turn it into something new. This version forms the basis of accusations that the virus was intentionally created as a bioweapon, which practically every credible scientist has dismissed as an illogical conspiracy, but was quickly embraced by former President Donald Trump and much of the American right wing, souring scientists, liberals, and the mainstream on the possibility of lab origin. 
The less lurid but seemingly more plausible version is the idea of evolution through serial passage in which scientists allow a virus to jump between host species or cell stru- or cultures spurring new mutations. The day before the call, Scripps Research infectious disease expert Christ, uh, Christian Anderson had warned Fauci that the virus may have been engineered in a lab, noting that he and several other high-profile scientists all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. The scientists agreed to have a conference call the next day. It was a very productive back-and-forth conversation where some on the call felt it could possibly be an engineered virus, Fauci told Allison Young, writing for USA Today in June of 2021. Long after the call, Anderson was the lead author on a paper in Nature Medicine titled The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2, the paper proposed two scenarios that can plausibly explain the origin of SARS-CoV-2. Natural selection in an animal host before zoonotic transfer. Zoonotic transfer, And two, a natural selection in humans following zoonotic transfer. For the scientists and pundits who sought to discount the emerging lab leak hypothesis, it offered an authoritative proof they needed. The paper has since been accused more than uh, 5.6 million... T- or, I'm sorry... The paper has since been accessed more than 5.6 million times with over 2,000 citations. The authors acknowledged a third scenario, selection during passage. They discussed it briefly and presented it as by far the least plausible. The newly released notes from the call, however, suggest that the scientists Fauci consulted initially considered that possibility to be much more serious than the paper let on. So that is the gist of what we know from the leaked, or not leaked email, uh, leaked emails. They're now released emails. Finish reading the article at the Intercept. Let's get into the fireworks from the committee hearings yesterday. The American people. You know, my this was the ah shit. Dr. Fauci, it's it's disappointing. No, 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 no. We're going to get to Rand Paul. We're going to get to Rand Paul. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is Senator Marshall first. This is from the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee hearing on the federal perspective on COVID-19. The American people... You know, my family, all of our families. This is Senator Marshall speaking. The pandemic continues to drag on with no end in sight. The words I hear every day, multiple times each day, continue to resonate and echo in my mind as I sit here. Words like, I'm tired, confused. Oh, I'm sorry. Scared and frustrated. The list goes on. What's making the situation worse are the officials leading our nation's COVID response going on now? Roger Marshall from Kansas. Contradicting each other. And of course, some Supreme Court justices are spreading misinformation as well. Dr. Walensky, this. Man, they have really latched on to Sotomayor misspeaking. I assume that's what that was. I don't know where she got her information from. I think a lot of fucking judges are out of touch, but man, they have. Really honed in on that. Tweak, you recommended asymptomatic people be able to return to work after five days. But Dr. Fauci ambiguously corrected you on national television and suggested folks needed a test before return. 
How does it make you feel when Dr. Fauci or someone like Justice Sotomayor upstages a previous statement or policies of yours, blatantly contradicts and undermines your guidance or offers false claims that cause more confusion for the American people? Thank you, Senator. Um, I have the great honor of leading the agency of 12,000 public health servants in this country, um, and we work collaboratively with tens of thousands of public health officials around the country to provide guidance. I also get to work with a COVID-19 task force that is full of a multidisciplinary group of people with diverse expertise from immunology to drug regulation to epidemiology. Um, this this is Rochelle Walensky, and she's and slick. You will appreciate that it's moving fast, and it is changing, and Right. Our you're, you're not answering my question. To convey that science. So I'll move on. The FDA has recently set up protocols for monoclonal antibodies and antiviral pharmaceuticals to be prioritized based upon race. Dr. Woodcock, has the CDC or FDA done a multiple regression analysis on race to see if indeed it's an independent factor for increased morbidity and mortality? And if it hasn't, don't you think zip code would actually be more predictive? Wouldn't it make sense to prioritize these antivirals and testing, for that matter, to senior citizens and those with significant comorbidities, regardless of race, especially if the... What we've seen is that the pandemic has disproportionately affected essential workers, which tend to be service industry workers and tend to be more a diverse cohort. The elderly population tends to be more white the multiple regression analysis proves my opinion. Dr. Woodcock. What FDA did was to recommend um, if that, you know, that people at high risk would be candidates for these products. Did you do a multi-regression analysis on this independent factor? We did not. Okay. We did not. We don't make those kind of recommendations. We make rec- But you can do studies, right? The FDA and CDC can do studies to see if it's truly an independent factor or if not truly the, the issue should be about your comorbidities and your age. So, um, Dr. Fauci, according to Forbes, you have an annual salary in 2020 was $434,000. You oversee over $5 billion in federal research grants as the highest paid employee in the entire federal government, yes or no, would you be willing to submit to Congress and the public a financial disclosure that includes your past and current investments? After all, your colleague, Dr. Walensky, and every member of Congress submits a financial disclosure that includes their investments. I don't understand why you're asking me that question. My financial disclosure is public knowledge and has been so for the last 37 years or so, 35 years that well, the, I've been directing. The big tech giants are doing an incredible job of keeping it from being public. What? Uh, we'll continue to, what? to look for what? it. What? All you have to do is ask for it. <laughs> I, I, you're so misinformed. It's extraordinary. Well, why am I... <laughs> This is a huge issue. Wouldn't you agree with me? Yeah, he probably has to fill out a form just like a, members of Congress do. Members of Congress would see what? him so that there's a an air of appearance that, that maybe some shenanigans are going on. You know, I don't think that's, I assume that that's Senator, not the case. What I are you talking it's not about? The case. My, but, my financial disclosures are public knowledge 
and have been so, you are getting amazingly wrong information. <laughs> I, I cannot find them. Our office cannot find them. Where would they be if they're public knowledge? Where? It is totally accessible to you if you want it. For the public. Is it accessible to the, to the public? public? To the public. Great. We look Senator forward to reviewing it. You are totally incorrect. Well, we look Marshall, forward to reviewing it. Senator Marshall, Dr. Fauci has answered you. It is public information. Pay attention. He's happy to give it to you if you would ask. Senator Moran. In case you missed what Dr. Fauci said, he, he did have his mic on at the beginning, left his mic on there at the end, and he goes, what a moron. Jesus Christ. Maybe he's been watching the Troll Patrol, because he knows that right wingers are morons. I would assume that he has to undergo, like, fucking... Everybody that works for the federal government has to has to disclose that shit. And like those in, in those kinds of positions, I assume it is public knowledge. I have no reason to doubt Dr. Fauci on that one. I I don't know about his motives for I mean that that's what comes into question when we're talking about the emails and shit. Like it's his motives for trying to cover up funding. And I assume that we're going to get into that here in just a little bit when we hear from Rand Paul. Dr. Fauci, the idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally unilaterally to represent science, that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science itself. I don't think he said that. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. Would not be so catastrophic. The fuck is he talking about? We're simply one physician in Peoria. Then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official like yourself who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with them. What? In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Rand Paul's wanting to talk about cheap politics. God damn. I am not high enough for scientists this that disagree with you. The, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, magazine. No, no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion, 
Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you ever object to Dr. Collins' characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me to do that? You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article in Wired, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got him. I nailed him in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not what went on. There you go again. You just do the same thing every hearing. That was your response. And this this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take You're down people... You're absolutely incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny, you deny, right. but the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Daszak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. 17 signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory. I'm trying to find the actual email because it was it was contained. All the documents were contained within the Intercept article. Or I'm trying to find the email he is referring to right now. The idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in nature where they were describing oh this there's no way this could that have come from, was from not the lab. me what ah fuck Email from Dr. Anthony Fauci to Drs. Jeremy Farr and Francis Collins. Fuck. Oh, here we go. Why is it different over here? Oh, I'm on page 15. That's why. That's why I'm not seeing it right. How the fuck? Wondering if there is something NIH can do to help put down this very destructive conspiracy with what seems to be growing momentum. And it cites Fox's Brett Baer. Hope the Nature Medicine article on genomic sequence of SARS-CoV-2 would settle this, but probably didn't get much visibility. Anything more we can do, ask the National Academy to weigh in. That was actually an email from Dr. Francis that referred to the conspiracy. So Fauci was correct. But you keep, the, you keep distorting you? the truth. It is, it is stunning talk, how you do Did you talk that? to any of the scientists privately yes. who wrote the opinion? You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, well, let me explain. You know you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together. So, yeah, like in the next page, the next page is Fauci saying, don't do that. I would not do anything about this right now. It's a shiny object that will go away in time. So Fauci's like just downplaying it and saying, no, 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 you don't have to worry about that right now. Like, we, we don't have to do anything to knock down the conspiracy, as Colin said. So Paul is misrepresenting what the emails say. Yeah, a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it, you are completely turning it around. As Were most you of the scientists do. that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way, this came from the lab? 
Or was there initial impression? And now here's the thing, is that this is all going on in February. When the fuck did, like, lab leak become a, 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 a popularized theory? We know that they discussed it amongst themselves and came to the conclusion it was most likely zoonotic. Seemingly before the public even got a hold of this conspiracy theory. Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let a response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I, Do you think it's a great success what's happened right. so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Yeah, what well, fucking lockdown happened under Biden, motherfucker? What lockdown? Trump, you are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the right. government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. So you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask, get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coercive take, and take done a look through at force, everything and you've advocated that it be done by mandate. But you, you've advocated that you're in... We should! We should have the government put forward mask mandates in public places so that it doesn't fall on private businesses individually. One fucking, uh, uh, one fucking rule across everywhere. But you can't do it at the federal level. You have to do it at the state level. That's the problem. And we have dumb fuck Republicans because the onus shouldn't be on the fucking worker making fucking minimum wage at a grocery store to tell you to put on your goddamn mask. And we shouldn't have to we should have to deal with these assholes getting pissed off at the workers that are just trying to make a living. Opinion be dictated by law. Right. So again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because right. this this happens all the time. You personally attack me and with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. Yep. What you need to do is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of three was, prominent was, epidemiologists was not political? You, you don't want me that to finish because you know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator. His takedown, we just saw where fucking Fauci said, no, don't do that. It's in the fucking email. Rand Paul is lying to people. Whether or not these emails are more damning than what it seems... I'm not exactly sure, but Rand Paul is misrepresenting it at this moment. Political and taking down these three prominent epidemiologists. Senator Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow... You please shut the fuck up. We have a number of senators who would like to ask questions, and I would like him to be able to respond. Please do so. So, 
the last time we had a committee or the time before, he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people, which is really irresponsible. And I say, why is he doing that? Wait, was he it counting was, like the, the fucking AIDS what crisis and shit? That? The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two, what happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life threats upon my life, harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Now, you know, I guess you could say, well, that's the way it goes. I can take the hit. Well, it, it, it makes a difference because, as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C., to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. So I ask myself, why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says, Contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you. Rand Paul is up for re election this year. He is facing off with Charles Booker from Kentucky. He ran for a representative seat and lost, but now he's running for Senate against Rand Paul. And uh, he's really raised his profile. All my friends are really. I'm from Kentucky. I get a lot of political advertising from Kentucky, and I can tell you with 100% certainty, Rand Paul is indeed using Dr. Fauci to fundraise. I will take a screenshot next time I get one of his ads. I get sponsored ads for Rand Paul. You are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing your can, colleagues uh, the, and in a politically reprehensible the only way thing that attacked their reputations. Okay, you we, won't defend it. No, you won't well, argue it. I'm You'll sorry, just simply turn we're going around to the continue attack. continue this hearing. We yeah. have a number of questions right. from just other senators. One, one more minute, please. Well, if Dr. My, Fauci, I, I really appreciate your response, but we do have a number of, of questions from senators, and we do have... So maybe this happened before. It's it's disappointing for you to suggest that people who dare to question you are responsible somehow for violent threats. Realize that by attacking me, you're attacking the one member who actually has suffered from violent attacks. Oh, wow. Oh, your fucking neighbor beat your ass for being a dickhead, dude. Fuck you, Rand Paul. It was something like Grand Paul was putting his fucking leaves on his neighbor's yard. And his neighbor kept asking him to stop doing that. And Grand Paul wouldn't do it. And he fucking tackled him. He, oh, I was, I was a victim of a violent attack. Fuck you, Grand Paul. Police almost died. I was 10 feet away from a staffer who was shot in the leg. We had over 160 rounds of semi-automatic weapons fired at us. Ammunition. So for you to somehow suggest that somehow 
I or people who dare to oppose you are responsible for threats. That's insulting. The person who shot at us and almost killed Steve Scalise was a... Uh, Practice rib and then went to fucking Canada. The one thing you'll find if you look at the record is that not one of us accused Bernie Sanders of being responsible. They love and bullshit. Bullshit you didn't accuse Bernie Sanders of being responsible. Bull fucking shit right now. And you guys have brought that up over and over and over again. And guess what? The FBI and the ADL both say that right-wing violence, overwhelmingly the majority of political violence in this country. Sorry, Rand Paul, but you guys ride that Steve Scalise train as fucking hard as you can. Responsible for that. So this is the kind of ignorant sort of personal... What a piece of shit. Fuck you, Rand Paul. ...engaged in these attacks with fellow scientists. Not only was it three scientists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford that you chose to malign, 50,000 scientists and medical doctors signed this petition. And what they wanted was something that most Americans think is pretty reasonable. It's a different kind of approach. And I, I'm going to bring this up if you guys can. If you want to get the get fucking Rand Paul out of the fucking Senate, Charles fucking Booker. He is a fantastic candidate. CharlesBooker.org I highly recommend going. Check him out. Follow him on Instagram. He's a great follow. We'll go back to Rand Paul here. Instead of saying that everyone is the same and everyone should get the same treatment and everybody ought to just get vaccinated, what it did is it said that the death rate for this disease is extraordinary in the risk being different according to ages. So if you look at an 80-year-old, it's at least a thousand times greater death rate than it is for a 10-year-old. So wouldn't we want to say that, well, we're going to... I keep asking these right-wingers, how many children... How many children is the acceptable number? And some dude was like, well, how many have died? And I was like, over 700. He came back at me. Now, remember, I looked that up like a month ago. He came back at me and said, it's 823. I'm like, okay, well, that's even... One, I looked that up like a month ago, and it's added like another 100 in the times that I looked it up. Seems like the death rate is going up when children... 823 kids have died. Does that seem like an acceptable number to anybody? Especially, especially to somebody who is part of a party that claims to be pro-life. Assess the risks of each individual and have the treatment according to that, or would we just simply say everyone should be vaccinated? The death rate for kids under 18 is about one in a million. Uh, A little bit less than the chance of being struck by lightning. We don't yet know fully whether or not kids who have already had COVID might be at risk for some of the side effects of the vaccine. Still needs to be. No, we don't know about kids that have had COVID if they are at risk for long COVID, heart issues, and respiratory issues in the future. Rand Paul, that is the bigger concern. But for a kid under 18 who's already had COVID... See, it's death rate of about one in a million, even if you haven't had a disease, even if you haven't had COVID, it's about one in a million. It's extraordinarily uncommon for a child to die. If you've already... 
This is Rand Paul's Challenger, Kentucky, a state that has historically been one of the most disenfranchised, uh, disenfranchised states in the country, has two craven jackasses in the U.S. Senate that aren't from Kentucky. We have been ignored and exploited long enough. I take pride in knowing we will change that this year. Get behind Charles Booker. Go give him a follow. The motherfucker is awesome. And I would like to see him take this craven jackass out of the Senate. They have the disease. It's probably a great deal less than that. Many Americans wonder why you've steadfastly refused and worked with others to try to hide any kind of knowledge of natural immunity and how it would affect our decision making. So, for example, you know, you have a 10-year-old kid and his mom comes up and all of a sudden he gets myocarditis from the vaccine and dies. Admittedly, a rare complication. But what are you going to tell her when she says, well, he had COVID three has months he, ago. Has anyone even I mean, died of myocarditis from the vaccine? Why would you force me to vaccinate my kid without even checking to see whether he's already immune? Now, the idea of natural immunity is, is the idea upon which vaccines are based. We've believed in and all, all of medicine is based on. The idea of acquiring natural immunity. People often respond and say, but you don't know how long it'll last. Well, we don't know how long vaccines will last either, and that doesn't make us anti-vaccine. We do know that the vaccines are, are waning very quickly in potency. We do know that... As well as, as natural, natural immunity, which a vaccine is natural immunity. Notice that the debate has shifted, and the debate is now talking about trying to prevent hospitalizations and death. And I agree with those statistics. I think it's a good idea if you're at risk to be vaccinated. I've always been pro-vaccine. I'm just simply against authoritarianism and against mandates. The anger that's developed with you, Dr. Fauci, is that you don't want to give us advice. You want to tell us what to do. You think you are the science and that anybody responds to you, how dare you, how dare you criticize science, as if you somehow are science. That kind of arrogance, that hubris is really... That's where the anger's coming towards you. Good Lord. You were one doctor among hundreds of doctors in the government who gave advice. He is. People might object to your advice, but they wouldn't. Wait, wait, wait. There's, you saw the exchange between multiple epidemiologists in the fucking emails you're referencing. What the fuck are you talking about, Rand Paul? Such a degree of anger. There's Walensky and fucking uh, Collins. There was Redford. Of which you are not even an epidemiologist, but three epidemiologists prominent in their field, Oxford, Stanford, and Harvard. You maligned them. You spoke openly with Dr. Collins, and you did not disagree that let's paint them as fringe. You went after them and said we will do a public takedown, not in science or nature or Lancet, in Wired. In the nation. I didn't see that at all. Engaged in base politics. You wonder why there's so much anger? You're not an objective scientist. You, you've lost that long ago. And so many of the things that people want, it's like they want to know why you're forcing their children to be vaccinated when 95% of people at risk have been vaccinated. Over 95% of people over 65, it's a huge voluntary success. And yet you won't rest until you force every child to... Holy fucking shit! What... I- Oh, how many people died of COVID today? Uh, The seven-day average is 1,737. 
But yeah, we've got this this huge success that most of the vulnerable have been vaccinated. To get this. So yes, there's a great Senator deal Paul, of dissatisfaction with you, and many people want you to go, but nobody wishes you violence. Senator Paul, your time has expired. I will use one time of my remaining five minutes to allow Senator Fauci to respond. Senator Fauci? Thank you very much. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. You got a promotion there, didn't you? Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. You wouldn't want it. You're making more as a... Uh, <laughs> no, no. At, so, the, at the NIH. All, um, Senator, again, at, at a hearing such as this, where there are almost 900,000 people in this country have died from this outbreak, you have chosen to just personal attacks on... I got the acronym wrong, ...multiple hearings. And again, just for the record for people to check, I have never said, take people down in that email. It was an email that was... NIA, that's where... NIA. You agreed with Dr. Collins in the email. Senator Paul, this is my time. You know, you personally attacked me... Raven jackass. ...you are incorrect and proven incorrect. You've publicly accused me at a hearing of being responsible for the death of five million people when there is not a single, single shred of evidence that anything that was done with the NIH had anything to do with COVID-19. You talk about things like gain of function. Dr. Fauci, I'm, I'm going to let you re- con, uh, respond uh, continually, but I think you have responded, and I appreciate Okay, I appreciate the time. I, thank, thank you very much, Madam Chair. But I just want to say I'm actually stunned by the amount of misinformation the only thing I have ever done, and this will take 20 seconds, if you look at the things I've said, they've been to support the recommendations of the CDC, of their advisory committees, and of the FDA. I've told people that it's important to get vaccinated, to get boosted, to wear a mask, and to be prudent. That's the only thing I've said. I haven't dictated anything that's only a monolith with me. It's always public health practices and anybody goes back over any record of me they now right-wing media did they played little snippets of the exchange between Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci I don't think Rand Paul came off looking very well if you watch the whole exchange I think Rand come off looking like a craven jackass, like Charles Booker described him. However, he went on Laura Ingram that night to take a victory lap. Me now, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, who faced off once again with Dr. Fauci in the Senate today. Senator, good to see you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Now, the first comment I have. Like a fucking, has Fauci never been held accountable? Accountable for what? What kind of fucking news organization has that on their chyron? The fuck? That's an insane fucking question. That's, that's what's called a loaded question. It's a logical fallacy. Because it has presuppositions built into it. To make after watching this, I, again, I said earlier, I've never seen anything like I've seen from Fauci these past few years. But he was caught off mic calling one of your colleagues a moron, Senator Mark. Well, I mean. Your reaction to just that. You know, I think he's forgotten who he works for. 
you know, we work for the elected people of our state, all of them. We also work for the taxpayers, but certainly he does too. You know, he well, this this taxpayer supports his sentiment, and yet he thinks that that somehow gives him the immunity to use his office to attack other scientists. I, I think it's really dangerous that he's gotten into his head that somehow he represents all of science, that anybody criticizes criticizes him. Prepare for the takedown. Prepare for foul. It is a straw man argument to ruin your reputation, and I think that's a terrible role model for anybody in government. Senator, uh, Dr. Fauci hurled an accusation directly at you. Watch. I ask myself, wh- why would Senator... Seriously. So go to Rand Paul website, and you see fire Dr. Fauci with... Well, good, good on Ingram for playing this, because I think this is the most telling, because Fauci's right. $20, $100... So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. Thank Senator, you, Ingram. Reaction to that? You know, he's had a documentary made about him, a book deal, <laughs> been on magazine covers, and in cool. Didn't Ray he win? An, didn't he win an Emmy also? But no. Did he? Did he get paid for all that shit? If they want to get rid of Tony Fauci, it is a political thing. He is a political creature. We think he I'm should. Sure, he would have had to disclose it if he did. He's not going to until there's an intervening election. So elections do make a difference. I possibly, well, and also wanting. I think he has lied to the American. As as good uh, PR, like Fauci's best fucking response, you know, and Rand thinks he can counter that. American public, I think that he funded the lab in Wuhan. That in all likelihood, this virus came from. I think he's ignored natural immunity. I think he has told people to wear cloth masks when they don't work. I think that puts people's ra- lives at risk. As he's on camera wearing a N95 with a cloth mask over it. Wearing a cloth mask, you're putting yourself at risk because Tony Fauci's been lying to you about cloth mask work. And then he goes after other scientists. So I think he's abusing his office. So yes, we go after... Well, cloth masks do. They have an efficacy of like 20 to 30%. What is stunning here... Uh, Senator, is that apparently Dr. Fauci believed... And when we were dealing with the less virulent, less contagious alpha, a cloth mask, if everybody had wore a cloth mask, we all would have been pretty okay. He is beyond reproach. That he cannot be questioned. If you do question him, you might as well be one of the rioters on January 6th. Or worse, a moron, like uh, you referred to Senator Marshall. Well, you know, uh, went, what about well, that fact? Just that. No accountability, Fauci. He went one step further today. Before he was saying he was science and you were attacking science. But now he said if you attack him, you're encouraging violence against him. Well, he said it to the wrong person. Look, I was at the ball field when Steve Scalise was almost shot. I had a staff member 10 feet from me who was shot. I know what it's like to be shot at. I've had anthrax powder, what looked like anthrax powder delivered to my house. What looked like? Assaulted and mobbed in the streets of D.C. I had a hater of President Trump break six. Bullshit! Bull- that assaulted by a mob in D.C.? We played that video here on the show. That He was not assaulted. He's full of shit. So my ribs have had part of my lung removed. I know what political violence is about. Oh, my God. On, on Fauci. I do wish he'd be fired, though, because I think trusting the Chinese is wrong. Hey, RB, no, I don't have the COVID. No, I feel amazing. Uh, I... I, I had a little issue and took too much Tylenol and had a bad reaction. Might have, might have OD'd on the uh, cinnamon, 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 cinnamon. 
<laughs> I fucked it up again. They're all fucking morons. His neighbor assaulted him because he would keep his leaves off his fucking property. I didn't take 100 Tylenol. I took like 16. And apparently that was way too many. I think funding that lab in China is wrong. I think ignoring natural immunity is wrong. But I don't wish him any harm. But one thing's for sure, none of us at the ball field, not one Republican blamed Bernie Sanders for that shooting. So he's blaming me for a death threat. But when we were shot at by a Bernie Sanders supporter, not one Republican stood up and said, oh, this is Bernie Sanders' fault. Fault. We, we were- Thank you, Dib. Thank you, Dib. They fucking constantly talked about it. It's a Bernie Sanders, the radical left, the Bernie Sanders supporter. He fucking drove it into the ground. He's talked about, he fucking, I knew he was going to say Bernie Sanders at least five times. He's enough to do that, but he came to the hearing today and accused me of somehow inciting some loony turns person. Does he not realize I have people arrested once every month or two who <laughs> threatened to attack me plus I have been attacked and he's going to come and blame his attacks on me Good it, Lord. it was a cheap shot but it was a cheap shot by a politician not a scientist and, and Senator at this point should there be any federal or state mandate for vaccines or boosters or masks or any of it given now what we know about Omicron its transmissibility and who it can infect what we found is that the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. So there's no rule, real rule for or any. That's not how vaccines work, sir. I haven't been for any kind of vaccine mandate. The good news is, while it is very transmissible, it's about 75 to 80 percent less deadly. And that's a good thing. The, the French variation is apparently not anything to worry about. It is the one coming out of uh, what, Cyprus. It's not going away. So they're reminding us that 75 that might be one to keep an eye on the Delta Cron. said that over the last two years. They're like, no, no, sounds fucking scary. So. Yeah, well, uh, comorbidities on top of comorbidities. Senator Paul, uh, great to see you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys know I'm a wrestling fan, right? We got to talk a little wrestling. On Friday night, we brought up Hulkamania. Who's running wild since the 80s? There is no cure. I did not know that Hulk Hogan is an anti-vaxxer. So let's let's read his comments. Oh, goddamn, what was the... Okay, his comment was 100%. Betty and Sydney were also jabbed. They're dropping like flies, but they'll never say it. Betty White had a fucking stroke. She was a 99-year-old woman. Yeah, it's not surprising that Hulk Hogan is an anti-vaxxer. Oh, God, so apparently he responded to a Bob Saget post about Betty White and Sidney Portier. Sidney Portier was like 92. Bob Saget was like 65, apparently had a heart attack, died in his sleep. Now, as, as my buddy pointed out, after Hulk Hogan took all those needles in his ass in the 80s, he's not going to go and get vaccinated? Come the fuck on. Apparently, Jimmy Fallon laid into him last night. No, not cool. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, get this. Hulk Hogan's under a lot of... Brother! After he suggested that, that the COVID vaccine is to blame for the recent deaths of some of our biggest celebrities. 
As a result, Hulk Hogan has been named the heavyweight champion of Facebook. <laughs> now, you're laughing now, but if Trump's re-elected, he's the new Dr. Fauci. <laughs> there was a new episode of the... Thank you, Jimmy. All right, motherfuckers, light one up for this. Well, COVID apparently will give you erectile dysfunction, but that's not enough to discourage right-wingers from trying to get infected. But hey, their fucking dicks probably don't work anyway. A study has found that compounds in hemp could block the virus from causing COVID-19 from cells. New study by researchers at Oregon State University finds compounds in hemp plants could block SARS-CoV-2, the virus which causes COVID-19, and emerging variants from entering cells. Published in the PubMed Journal, which is maintained by the National Institutes of Health, researchers found two cannabinoid acids found in hemp combined to the spike protein found in the novel coronavirus, blocking the entry of live virus into cells, specifically cannabigerolic acid and cannabidolic acid are the compounds found to be effective against the alpha and beta variants and it is believed since they target the spike protein they will be effective against emerging variants as well out to that Apparently, it also helps you with, like, Alzheimer's and shit. Relax. <laughs> oh, God, I can't go back. I've, I've got a little thing that tells me what the, what the caption is saying, but I can't go back up. I can't scroll up on it. I wish I could see what, what I, I had actually said. Relax. Here's another one. Now, the pot was indeed. I had a whole fucking argument with a girl in a class. Like, she came up and was like, pot can, can cure cancer. And I'm like, ho, 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 ho. No, it was found to block certain uh, certain types of cancers in rats in a lab. And that's all they've been able to uh, uh, accomplish. That I know of. I don't know if there's been any advancements in the last few years because this was six, seven years ago. Boy, did she get pissed off. Because, like, I, I'm like, look at me. I'm very pro-pot. If if the data... And that... <laughs> this was in, a like, a 4,000-level government class. Everybody fucking hated me. It was... Because it was a lot of discussion. And one dude got up and did, like, this whole presentation on how great fracking was. I tore him the fuck apart. And my professor's like, yeah, it, it does cause a lot of earthquakes. Ah, oh, the vegan. <laughs> as as if I want another 15 years of this shit. I'm sorry, steak is fucking good. I will sacrifice you. Fucking, as fucking, we're going to be around how much longer? I probably got another good 15 years before you, climate change, fucking fascists take over. Come the fuck on. Come the, and it may, the fascists may take over way faster than the climate change. You can't tell me I'm not going to be one of the first ones they send to the to the firing squad or the 
Fucking throw off the helicopter. I, su- I support you guys being vegan, vegetarian. I'm all about it, but like, I like meat. I like cheese. I like, I like milk. I like that COVID was again the leading cause of death among U.S. law enforcement in 2021. Been a lot of posts on like law enforcement pages on Facebook, which I follow all of them and laugh at all their fucking posts. Last year was the deadliest for active duty law enforcement. Now, you, I've seen that headline a lot from those kinds of pages. But COVID-19 was identified as the leading cause of death for the second year in a row. Some 458 local, state, tribal, and federal officers died in the line of duty uh, in 2021. That's a fucking awfully low number. According to... Because like, they kill something like a thousand people a year. According to a preliminary report from the National Law Enforcement Memorial and Museum, it makes an increase of 55% from the previous year's tally of 295 and the highest total number since 1930. Year statistics demonstrate that America's frontline law enforcement officers continue to battle the deadly effects of the COVID-19 pandemic nationwide. But hey, all these cop suckers... They're against vaccine mandates, and all the cops are all like, my freedoms, even though they're the ones that are fascists and locking people up. God damn, we're an hour and a half into this show, and this is like, we're finally done with the COVID stories. Holy shit. Sorry about that. Which most of that was Rand Paul and Fauci, which you gotta admit was pretty goddamn entertaining. And this is also what I get for not being on for a couple of days. Sorry. Bernie Sanders says Democrats are failing. The party has turned its back on the working class. Hear, hear, Bernie. This is an exclusive interview with The Guardian. Senator Bernie Sanders has called on Democrats to make a major course correction that focuses on... Biden hitting a record low approval rating today. I believe Bernie Sanders is correct. Unfortunately, it seems that Biden is pivoting more towards the right. Democrats need to make a major course correction that focuses on fighting for America's working class and standing up to powerful corporate interests because the Democrats' legislative agenda is stalled and their party faces tough prospects in this November's election. The White House is likely to see his comments as a shot across the bow by the left wing of the party, increasingly frustrated at how centrist Democrats have managed to scupper or delay. Is that a fucking, is that a British word? I've never heard the word scupper before. Am I even saying it right? Scupper. A hole in a ship's side to carry water overboard from the deck. Outlet in the side of a building for draining water. Interesting. In an interview with The Guardian, Sanders called on Joe Biden and the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer to push to hold votes on individual bills that would be a boon to working families, citing extending the child tax credit, cutting prescription drug prices, and raising the federal hourly minimum wage to $15 an hour. Yes! Such votes would be good policy and good politics, the Vermont Vermont senator insisted. 
saying they would show the Democrats battling for the working class while highlighting Republican opposition to hugely popular policies. It's no great secret that the Republican Party is winning more and more support from working people, Sanders said. It's not because the Republican Party has anything to say to them. It's because, in too many ways, the Democratic Party has turned their back on the working class. Sanders, who ran for the party's nomination in both 2016 and 2020, losing out in fierce contests to Hillary Clinton and then Biden, is a popular figure on the left of the party. The Democratic Socialist from Vermont remains influential and has been supportive of Biden during his first year as the party tries to cope with the twin threats of the pandemic and a resurgent and increasingly extremist Republican Party. Oh yeah, we're coming up on that. No spoilers, Dip. Meanwhile, Stacey Abrams taking shots at Joe Biden. <laughs> My chair keeps slipping down. <laughs> That's what I get for the old chair. I need to weld my gaming chair. Abrams thanks Biden for his Georgia speech and backs a call for Senate rules change. I am, uh, I'm not going to play any of the Biden speech because every time we, we play a Biden speech, God damn, it's boring as hell. I end up talking through the whole thing. We got the State of the Union coming up in, what, about a week or two? I don't even know. What's the date on that? Biden's first State of the Union address should be coming up here shortly. On March 1st? That's not usual. It's usually in like a, a January, early February. I'm I'm surprised it's... Uh... Am I saying that Donald's interested? What, because I watched so many Donald Trump speeches? I mean, yeah, (laughs) kinda. But I like, fuck it, just Biden is boring as fuck. Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams thanked President Biden for a speech on voting rights that he gave in Georgia on Tuesday amid speculation over why she hadn't attended. I thank at POTUS and at VP for returning to Georgia to continue their steadfast advocacy for passage of federal legislation to protect the freedom to vote. They made clear again today that they are committed to restoring the Senate to safeguard our democracy. Statement came after Biden on Tuesday confirmed his support for changing the Senate's policies to allowing uh, to allow voting rights legislation to pass with a simple majority instead of the 60 vote threshold that is currently required. While I was not able to attend uh, to attend today's event, the president and I connected by phone this morning. We reaffirmed our shared commitment to the American project of freedom and democracy, as he did in his remarks today here in Georgia. Now, I thought there was a group that actually protested the event and said that Biden's platitudes were too little too late. 
Um. Oh shit. Um, I that is the wrong link. That is not Senator Tom Cotton. Uh, I had a link for boil ease. <laughs> Which I sent to Sparkles because she's like, that place on my ass is coming back. <laughs> I'm like, try some of this shit. Oh, fuck. I think it was today. Here we go. Here's Tom Cotton on his opposition to the filibuster. He is going to quote Senator Chuck Schumer. Right now, we are on the precipice of a constitutional crisis. We're about to step into the abyss. I want to talk for a few minutes why we're on that precipice. I'm sorry. That's not a good Schumer impression. However, I wouldn't advise, I wouldn't advise Tom Cotton to go up and start doing like a Jewish voice. He, he already Nazi enough as it is. Let me first ask a fundamental question. What is the crisis that calls for the undoing of two centuries of tradition? You guys enjoy this. I need to go get more tea. Doing their jobs as legislators, responding to a generalized public calling for the abolition of the filibuster? Clearly not. It is not the American people at large who are demanding detonation of the nuclear option. I left you alone with Tom Cotton. Largely by the radioactive I'm a small band of radicals who hold in their hands the political fortunes of the president. Constitutional scholars will tell us that the reason we have these rules in the Senate, unlimited debate, two-thirds to change the rules, the idea that 60 have to close off debate is embodied in the spirit and rule of the Constitution. That is what the Constitution... Now, I assume, I assume that Schumer gave this speech when Mitch McConnell nuked it is the, Senate the filibuster for judicial appointments. ...repository of checks and balances... It's not like the House of Representatives, where the majority leader... A bless your heart, Dip. ...snap his fingers and get what he wants on important issues the Founding Fathers wanted. And they were correct in my judgment that the slimmest majority should not always govern. The Senate is not a majoritarian body. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn the Founding Fathers, what the Founding Fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy. I'll pray for you. That's why I have a... Oh, my God. They want to make this country into a banana republic where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? My most famous joke from my stand-up career is this woman said that she would pray for me 
I told her that if she's going to murmur my name to herself to at least do it while masturbating, that way at least one of us gets something out of it. And when I do it on stage, I actually leave the... At le- I do at least twice, and that like that's copied verbatim from like one of the times I said it, and I said at least twice that time. Somebody made this meme of it. But like I don't like that I say at least twice in it. And I don't I don't do that when I do it now, but it is my most famous joke. This meme goes viral every now and again. You'd be like, Oh, I saw your meme. It will be That's that that the southern passive aggressiveness I was responding to. I for one hope and pray. Well, he, remember, he is doing an impression of Chucky I Schumer. My colleagues, at least speaking for this senator, I will do everything I can to prevent the nuclear option from being invoked. Not for the sake of myself or my party, but for the sake of this great republic and its traditions. Those are powerful words. But they're not mine. Every word of my speech today was originally spoken by our esteemed colleague, the senior senator from New York, Chuck Schumer. Senator Schumer spoke so eloquently in defense of the Senate's rules, customs, and traditions when the fortunes of his party looked a little different. Well, I'm assuming now. I'm assuming that's from when Mitch McConnell changed the rules to approve judicial nominees without the filibuster. So, if you're arguing that Chuck Schumer's words matter now, you're arguing that the Republicans shouldn't have changed the rules then, aren't you? It kind of doesn't. Compute. My, how times have changed. This is indeed sweet now tea. It's Senator Schumer's fingers that are hovering over the nuclear button, ready to destroy the Senate. Okay, but here's here's the thing. Barkles drinks this shit like it's really it's a Milo's or Milo's fucking tea. It's really big here in Alabama. You would you would think Alabama would have the best sweet tea. That shit. That tastes like absolute dog piss. I don't know why people down here love that fucking tea. She brings gallons over with her when she comes over. I like because like I was like, oh, I'm excited to to try this shit, you know, because it's Alabama sweet tea. No, it's horrible. And she won't she won't drink my tea. Now my tea's herbal tea. I don't I don't know what it tastes like, but it's not good. I and like all the restaurants serve it here. I don't get tea when I go out to restaurants. I'm okay with it because I like a I like an Arnold Palmer. I like a half and half lemonade and tea. So I'm okay if it tastes, you know, more lemony. Extra sweet like I don't even want to give it a try. I fuck that shit. I like black tea, you know, long. Uh, 
I have I have a whole variety of teas over here. I got chai tea. I got some black. I've got this black vanilla tea that is fan fucking tastic. I but usually I'll have a black tea in the morning if like I'm not supposed to have coffee, but I still drink it a lot of times. But I try not to drink it every morning, so on mornings I don't have coffee, I'll usually have black tea. I don't even think that Milo's tastes fucking sweet. Yeah, that black vanilla tea is excellent. But I've got some Olong. Olong's not my favorite. Chai tea is good, except like you like you have to drink it really hot. Once it cools down, it's not good. I got I got me some Earl Grey over there. You that with a splash of milk is fantastic. You motherfuckers got me talking about tea. How in the how in the fuck? But Sparkles won't drink my tea when she comes over. A chai is really good. Oolong. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying it wrong. It reminds me of like that fucking South Park episode where it's like, Oh, Long Johnson. I think I make good tea. This shit like here is some Wildberry sweet tea. Fantastic. Oh, I mean, I, I've never I've never made weed tea, but I'll make you some fucking mushroom tea if you get me some caps. Oh no, I actually have made weed tea. I, I um I saved up like an ounce of stems and brewed tea out of it. This has been fucking like twelve years ago. We got Starbucks and Dunkin'. I uh I prefer Dunkin'. But, like, I brew my own. We got a little coffee shop down here that's pretty good. I've never had matcha green tea. I'll have to try that out. I'm not a fan of Starbucks. If I'm going to go to Starbucks, I'm going to get, like, a white chocolate mocha. I'm going to get the fucking milkshake. I'm not going to get coffee from Starbucks. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit! Pat's Blue Ribbon! Sorry, bro got a little uh, blue velvet on you. <laughs> so I, like, like I was watching something the other day and somebody said Heineken. And like my first response is to go, Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pat's Blue Ribbon! Make some magic tea! I, I do not think Starbucks has better coffee. I'd rather I'd rather have Dunkin'. I'd rather have my own coffee. I make good coffee, don't I, Curious Sir? You've you've had my coffee. I do indeed like strong coffee. Well, I'm I'm not going any like I, you asked me what was popular here. Honestly, the fucking, the Mapco gas station is probably the most co- popular coffee spot. No, if I go to, as I said, if I go to Starbucks, I'm getting something fucking, I'm getting a Frappuccino or I'm getting a white chocolate mocha. I'm going to pay like $6 for the fucking fanciest fucking, a caramel, raspberry white chocolate mocha. That's my favorite. 
Fucking caramel's good. Caramel's good. A raspberry white chocolate mocha. Holy fucking shit. But that's like a that's like a two, three thousand calorie fucking drink. I make my coffee at home. You know what? The price of coffee just keeps going the fuck up, doesn't it? Yellow Hammer Coffee. You know there is. I do they do they sell that? Um, I I I have heard of it. The uh, like, I don't know if they sell it at any places that I shop at. I haven't seen it. Like I've got I've got my brands I like. Uh, well, I mean, like fucking. There are two kinds of people. Remember, I'm I, I may live in Alabama, but I live in the like tech capital of the South. I live next to NASA, the FBI, Boeing, <laughs> fucking SpaceX has a fucking uh, uh, fucking building over here. Like, I live in an area where it's either rednecks or yuppies. So it's like gas station coffee or Starbucks is what's popular. <laughs> Rednecks, Nazis, and yuppies. That's what's here. It's like, God, I wouldn't be able I wouldn't be able to fucking take it if I didn't live in like a cool place. It may be Alabama, but it's like the coolest place in Alabama you can be, except maybe Birmingham. Fucking Birmingham's awfully fucking cool. I I miss going to Birmingham for concerts. I'm okay, I'm itching. I'm itching, um, Coheed and Cambria is here on February the 25th, and I actually have, uh, I, this is just a thing I always do, I, I'm like signed up for like this email list of, of class action settlements, I sign up for fucking everything, I've gotten so much money from class actions, cause I love sticking it to corporations. Do that. Go sign up for class actions. But I got like a $50 voucher from Ticketmaster. (laughs) So like, I am dying to use that on a concert because we've got several cool shows that are coming like right here to the venue that's right next to me. But God damn, it's the it's still the COVID. Is everything going to be okay by February? Are we going to have the... uh, uh, Rammer Jammer Alabama variant <laughs> running around that got spawned from the national championship game. Exactly, Dip. Exactly. It'd be one thing if I was going to a show in April in an outdoor venue. But fuck. Exactly. I'm in Alabama. Don't do it. It's it's the wild west here. There are no restrictions. There are no mass requirements. But I really I I want to go see a show. I want to go see a concert. I haven't seen a concert in so long. Tool is back out touring. They played their first show since the pandemic cut their tour shirt short. I don't understand. Fucking Maynard has caught COVID twice. Motherfucker is back out touring, but now. 
They're using COVID sniffing dogs at their shows. I'm sorry, we're back on the fucking COVID. How COVID-sniffing dogs will help ensure tool performs at Garden One Center this weekend. Well, the governor and state lawmakers are still hammering out the details of a new emergency paid sick leave law using funds from the state's budget surplus. They say it is a top priority, but for some Californians, they say that help is already well overdue. I don't think this, I don't think this video was about the story. The latest surge of COVID-19 cases nationwide is already leading to a new wave of event cancellations. One way entertainers and acts with large crews are keeping the virus away is by picking up its scent. Jerry Johnson is the president of Biodetection Canine, a company that trains dogs to sniff out illness like COVID-19. One act utilizing Johnson's services is rock band Tool, who are performing at the Garden One Center on Saturday, January the 15th. I mean, sitting cow, fucking, especially given the set list that they played the other night. They were they were playing several songs they haven't played in years. I my worry would be giving the dogs COVID because we know it can bounce off animals. So that would be my worry. But like, do enjoy. Wear a wear a N95 and wear a surgical mask over it if you can. I wouldn't take it off. I, and I, that's gonna be hard. It's gonna be fucking hard to go the entire fucking concert and not drink something. I, other animals have tested positive. Big cats have tested positive at zoos. Deer have tested positive. I don't, I would I would be very weary of even making a, a flap because you want it to you want it to just cover at all times like fuck being in a but Tool is the one taking like the utmost precautions and it's because Maynard has gotten COVID twice and apparently it was really fucking bad and he was like one of the first people to get it because he got it like Australia in February of 2020. I knowing how contagious Omicron is and how ventilation is very limited in an, an arena like that. Oh. But also fucking Tool was one of the last concerts I saw. I saw I was like one of the first people to see them play new music. I was going to see them again at Bonnaroo and COVID cut that short. Not able to. I mean, if you're boosted and everything, I it, it by February it should die down. We're seeing like a two-week window in Africa and in other countries in South Africa where it was first detected. It spikes after about two weeks, so maybe by February 1st, it's going to be okay. Cases are going to be dropping back down. And plus, it's fucking tool. I'm dying to see a fucking concert. I want to go to a concert. I want to go to a concert so fucking bad. Longest I've gone 
in my adult life without seeing a live concert. It's, oh. I, we may be at the peak right now, and we're going to see cases subside in the next week. All right, we'll get we'll get off the COVID. We spent an hour and a half on the COVID tonight. We've got we've got some funny shit to get to. Officially announced another run for the White House, but he has said that he's thinking about it. He went on to say, "I wish these people could feel embarrassment." But he was on Real America's Voice. It's like a fucking knockoff OAN. Exploring President Trump's potential run to be the 47th president of the United States. I don't know that it's even a channel. With him in the 2016 campaign. Might just be some kind of internet thing. Spans back to the early 70s. We welcome Roger Stone to look into the not-so-distant future. Hey, Roger. Welcome to the show. Hey, Roger. Great to be back with you on Real America's Voice, Karen. He has a Stop the Steal shirt on. about this poll, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers are tonight as well. I would love to get your take on the 2024 presidential race. Well, it's very, very impressive. Uh, this poll really demonstrates the extent to which Donald Trump completely dominates the grassroots of the Republican Party. Uh, he has a better... Wow, he's got like a Trump painting behind him. ...competitor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I can tell you just anecdotally... Is Milo back on a outlet? I didn't even know that. Florida, most Floridians want him to get re-elected governor and finish the job here, which he's been doing a great job of on both mask mandates and other... Actually, DeSantis' like popularity has plummeted, and uh, he, it looks like really he's going to be in a tight race for governor. Is, uh, how the rest of the field here is left in the dust. I mean, former Vice President Mike Pence... Hey, hey, we need to not... We need to not get on to him for his drug use and his swinging lifestyle. He's a piece of shit for other reasons. We could go that he might run regardless of what the president does. I'm I'm pro drug and pro swinger. Four percent. Where God damn, he's got multiple Trump pictures. I just noticed that. Two percent. So all those things you see online that say hashtag only Christie, only Christie can take a beating from Donald Trump if he elects to run. Uh, I've never seen any kind of domination of the party like this. Donald Trump has changed the face. Oh, come on. You don't think he's done some drugs? Look at him. Country club Motherfucker was a cokehead in the 80s. Americans and Trump's domination of the grassroots of the Republican Party. No, sitting cow, I'm going to have to change. I've got to check that out. And the Republican Party has gained so many libertarians because the Republican Party has been really the party of inclusiveness. And, and Donald Trump was the person who changed that. Were you surprised to see that Mike Pence got 8%? Mike Pence got more than Nikki Haley, who I believe was at 4%. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, it really doesn't. Uh, you know, despite the fact that the mainstream media hates this name. Hey, Mike Pence. The majority of Republicans, an overwhelming majority of Republicans, believe the last election was stolen. A uh, vast majority of Republicans believe that the decision... Well, the vast majority of Republicans are really stupid. ...was unjust, and they blame Mike Pence for his role in that. Now, I understand that's a narrative unpopular with the mainstream. I had, I had some dude. I was, I was mocking him online, as I, as I often do when I'm trolling. And he's like, well, you're doing a really good job of convincing me to vote for the left. I'm like, oh, did I hurt your feelings, little baby? You have to be coddled to vote in your own best interest? Aww. Fucking libertarians. Stupid motherfuckers. Dream media who tell us, despite breaking news virtually every day out of Pennsylvania. Out That's of him and Alex Jones over his shoulder. Yeah, his... his uh, of more and more evidence of... His fucking wall is fascinating, isn't it? In the 2020 election... 
they want to bury this narrative and insist that the last election was honest. I can just tell you, looking at this poll and others, the vast majority of Republicans don't believe that. Well, they're stupid because the facts say it was. I would believe that, and I, I was surprised. I actually was surprised that he got even 8%. I would have thought that he would be lower than some of these other candidates based on all of that and based on January 6th. And as we come based on them today, chanting hang my pins. I know that the president is going to be speaking on that date and you know addressing the American people. What do you think he's going to have to say? Oh, this must be old. I just saw it today. Voice to the frustration. He did not speak on January the sixth. He's going. He's going to air his grievances on what January nineteenth. The things that they want to buy. Every time they order something online, but they're told it's not available because of the supply chain problems. All of those things remind Americans how unhappy they are over the results of the last election and how much better off things were under Donald Trump. We had the most robust, uh, pr- uh, the, the, the best economy in American history. Really? Really, Roger Stone? Because um, Don Jr. tweeted something out, and uh, it kind of says otherwise. Jr. shares a graph showing Biden creating tons more jobs than his daddy did. With Trump actually in the negative. (laughs) Oh my god! I bet Stone does have the door. Like, he didn't go in there and steal it himself. But somebody somebody sold it to Roger Stone. That door is just off camera. He might have the podium too. So, Donald Trump Jr. He didn't tweet it out. This is on Instagram, apparently. Thoughts? The comments to this nonsense on the original are truly amazing. Donald Trump Jr. says. Quite the self-own here. Under President Biden, the economy has created more jobs per month than under any other president ever. But now, to be fair, there's just a lot of jobs coming back. The demand is, is high because of the pandemic. So, uh, and also to be fair to Trump, like, there's a lot of job loss because of the pandemic. But Trump did not compare to Obama. (laughs) So, sorry, idiot right-wingers. Let's hear from Dan Bongino. Uh, I think he's going to talk about the FB. No, no, fuck. We've already done Bongino. Let's let's hear the same fucking thought because all the right wingers are the same. Let's hear the same fucking thought from a dude I've never fucking heard of. We're going to watch him for the first time here. His name is Lance Wallnow. Lance Wallnew. From Liftable TV, it's the Lens Wall News Show. Dude got uh, four thousand internet Lens Wall now, maybe that possibly. What I'm saying is, this might be a dude uh, I go after and start trolling and try to get on. 
Yes, liftable is a weird name, but let's hear what Lance Wellnow says. Of a desperate nation to begin to uh, pluck the wheels off of Pharaoh's chariot. You know, in- Oh, by the way, my friend uh, uh, Jake Jacobs that I was picking on that was going to have me on his show, apparently he's not going to have me on his show now. I was I was too mean to Jake. Like doing photoshops and calling him the fake outrage show. <laughs> too mean to Jake. He won't have me on his show now. I I, I asked him, you know, hey, what's it? Because it was supposed to be like around January 15th or 16th. I was supposed to be on his show. Asked him like, hey, you got a date for me? Like three or four days ago and he has not responded. So... He deleted me from Facebook because he got tired of me picking on his friends. I would I would quote Bible verses. He would say stuff about like Martin Luther King. And I'm like, Martin Luther King Jr. was a socialist, you motherfucker. Pharaoh was going after the children of Israel at the Red Sea. God had to get... Oh, that's another religious son of a Jews bitch. ...who were just walking uh, an advantage. And what he did was he took the wheels off the enemy's chariot. And I believe the media itself is just in a nosedive of lost credibility. I mean, at every level, we just have to stay focused, stay humble, and stay bold because we're... Does this motherfucker look humble? ...battle of public persuasion. When you look at, like, Tucker's monologues uh, at night, which, by the way, he's, like, the number one news uh, source right now, this Tucker... That is called an ad populum argument. It means absolutely fucking nothing. It's also like a pathetic fucking, it's only like 2 million people. At, at WWE Raw's height, it drew like 7 or 8 million people. So like Stone Cold Steve Austin is a better source of news than Tucker Carlson. By this dude's standards. Just so you guys know, they, there's like all this talk about CNN taking like a 90% dip in their ratings. Right-wingers are, are relishing this and like, Fox took a dip, too. All news shows take a fucking dip in an off-year election. I'd say, I would say my numbers will get better this year during the congressional elections. So, like, this this whole idea that, oh, Tucker Carlson's the most popular show on TV is just fucking it's nonsense. What the fuck does that even mean? There are fucking YouTubers. There are kids. There are kids that do unboxing videos and get, like, 10 million views. They eclipse Tucker by a, by a country fucking mile. You don't listen to him for your fucking news. For Carlson's broadcast, that guy is on fire. I couldn't ask for a better definition of a great awakener reformer than Tucker Carlson. Christians are like, they're, they're, they live in a dichotomous universe where if it doesn't look like you're in church and falling down, it probably isn't revival yet. America's already in an awakening. And the awakening is, uh, is, is part of it is like waking up to an imminent threat and to the spiritual warfare that is going on in America. And I think more and more people are discovering it. I'm still impacted by the Joe Rogan, um, Dr. Malone, and the other doctor. He had at 40 million downloads. And people are listening for the first time. People that aren't listening to us are listening to other voices. And so when Biden turns around and says, Look, uh, this can't be done at the federal level. This has got to be done at the state level. It's because on his desk, he's discovering governors of states pushing back because that's how America's structured. It's structured so the federal government isn't the king and the monarch ruling over the population. 
It is a representation of the will of the people. There's And that is why the mandate was structured the way it was, because the federal government gets to regulate interstate commerce. That's why it was uh, uh, businesses that have over 100 employees. And it was, a, it was an opt-out of testing. It was a testing mandate that you could opt out of if you were vaccinated. Limits to the executive office of the president. Maybe his producer. Limits what they can do, but they worked around it, as, as these guys will do. And when I say these guys, I mean the lust for power and control will find a mechanism. The lust for power and control, says the guy that probably supported the motherfucker that tried to install himself as dictator. And this is the sad part. You want to trust government. You want to believe that they have your best interests at heart. And we're just like the awakening is no sister wife. Nature, human nature is sinful and it will lie. Therefore, you have to have checks and balances and a free press. You can't be. I like you to meet my wife and sister. And there was one person standing there. The Bill Hicks joke. Taking Dr. Malone off of Twitter. And uh, and and the and the medical experts who actually invented the vaccine, you can't silence them. Malone did not invent the vaccine from the American people because they're not dumb. They're just now awakening to what's going <laughs> the, the the vast majority of the American people are indeed dumb. I'm in total agreement with you. I'm over here trying to get your laptop going. I look like I got a command station for those of you who are on liftable. But I'm going to hand this back to you. Liftable.tv. So- Malone is an anti-vaxxer, or he claims he's not an anti-vaxxer, but he's specifically against the COVID vaccine. I can't remember exactly what he said it does to you, but he claims he was the inventor of it, but he was he was part of like a consortium of scientists in the 80s that theorized it was possible to make vaccines from mRNA technology. My my uh my pop filter is obscenely large. Great website going on your laptop and like a good millennial. That's what I've done for you. Always rent a millennial if you can't do technology. Rent a millennial. Oh, Lance, listen. Before you get going, I got you a present. Okay, I want to show it to you, and and I'm very excited about these. I love the thirty days of Christmas. Yes. So so this came a little. It came a little late. Yeah. So the mass formation psychosis. I did a whole thing about fucking. Kim Iverson was talking about mass formations. Like, the whole right wing has ran with that shit. They're talking about, like, how in Nazi Germany, the population had this mass uh, formation psychosis, and now we have the same thing going on with the mask mandates. Fuck, that's stupid. I thought the much better example of mass formation psychosis was people saying the election was stolen. Because we know masks and vaccines fucking work. Okay, so here's the thing. I used to work for this right-wing talk show host, and his producer left him, and he wanted... He he told me he wanted a female producer that was somewhat on the left and that could talk. I knew just the fucking perfect person. She operated the master control at the TV station I worked for at the time. She was she would have been perfect for that role. I had her. I recommended her to that right wing radio host, and he turned her down. 
And I was like, well, why? Why? She would have been perfect for that role. And he's like, well, I was looking for somebody that was a little bit more moldable. I said, moldable? Wait, she was too smart, wasn't she? You were afraid she'd show you up and make you look dumb. She was too smart. You wanted somebody stupid. You wanted some like 19, 20 year old that doesn't know jack shit about the world. Because this, this, this girl was, you know, like 32, 33 and, and was probably a far leftist, to be honest. More in line with, with what we believe. But she she was fucking bright. And like because like she worked evening, so like it would have been perfect for her to do the, the morning show. Like she was all about doing it. But that's the kind of co-host they want. And that's I I interviewed for his producer co-host position. I went in and the fucking everybody in the studio was like, hire him. And he didn't want to do it. Why did he not want to do it? Because I'd fucking talk back to him. Because, God, what? While I was there, they had a caller. They had a caller that called in and said something about the U.S. should provide water to Mexico or so like if the US wanted to like do some goodwill they should like go down and help Mexico with water and some some water treatment and purifying water or something and I'm like just as soon as they got off the air I was like we can't even get water to people over here in Sand Mountain the people in Martin Kentucky don't have clean drinking water the people in Flint Michigan don't have fucking clean drinking water and you think the US can go down to fucking Mexico and provide clean water to people that's a fucking scam <laughs> RB, I've seen you ask that question to Nightbot. I have no clue who the fuck you're talking to. I just see at Nightbot. <laughs> like, are you asking the Nightbot if they have a younger sister? Well, this was this was like seven years ago at the fucking height of the Flint water scandal. This would have been like 2016. This was before this was before Trump was in office. We're still back in the Obama administration at this time. But I went the fuck... I mean, just fucking 45 an hour down the road, they have fucking issues with clean drinking water. Yeah, probably about like a year or so after Obama sipped the drinking water. It was it was a big deal then. I do... Nightbot is not a real person, RB. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like somebody was watching me on on a, like a different platform and he accused everybody of being a bot cuz all he was seeing in the chat was, you know, nightbot, 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 but it was nightbot or restreambot or whatever, whatever it is that shows what everybody else on all the other platforms are saying. It's like all you've got is bots watching you and I'm like you're fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, right wingers are morons though. This guy's a moron. We might have to check in with him some other time. 
I'm bored. I don't want no more. No, I said I don't want no more. Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend testifies to a grand jury in the child sex trafficking probe. The NBC News headline left out child. I added that in. Oh, do we have a, uh, apparently we've got a, uh, uh, a news piece on it. We'll watch the video. I don't have to read the article. Good. We are learning a lot today about just how serious those accusations of sex crimes. What? We're just now learning today? I've known about it for how long? Since September, October of last year? And I've been asking, how the fuck is Matt Gates still in Congress? Against a Florida congressman really are. There'd been speculation for a little bit, but now Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend has apparently testified to a federal grand jury, which might mean big trouble for Gates. Here's the deal. We know this investigation has been going on for more than a year. Now, legal sources familiar with the case tell us Gates is being investigated for three separate crimes. The sex trafficking of a 17-year-old, violating the Mann Act, which... Your fucking Nestor is still a fucking mystery. ...and obstruction of justice. We should note, Gates has not been charged. He has denied all of these allegations, saying he's never paid for sex and never had sex with a minor as an adult. The reporter behind this story, behind this scoop, is joining... Are we going to get to see him perp walked off of the house floor? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. That whole story is just a mind fuck. And then his dad wearing a wire for the FBI. But yeah, his buddy from across the state was making licenses at that fucking DMV office. Making licenses for Gates. But is he, like, are the FBI going to come in and, like, tackle him on the house floor? Are we going to see video of it? That would be insane. Joining us now, Mark Caputo. I believe making his NBC News Now debut. So, Mark, it's great to see you, especially with a story like this. It was one of those, like, out-of-country things. That's where the sex trafficking comes from. Community deal for months. Now she's testified. Explain why this is so significant. Well, it's so significant because, you know, all prosecutors want to have the best evidence possible to make a case, especially if you're trying a congressman. And right now, the, the two main witnesses in this case appear to be uh, the alleged victim of the alleged sex trafficking and Joel Greenberg, uh, a man who was a former local uh, who has flipped tax collector and whose attorney says Matt Gates should be worried, uh, who has loads of credibility problems. He's pleaded guilty to sex trafficking this uh, very person when she was a minor, when she was 17. Also, he falsely smeared a rival as a pedophile. This is not the kind of guy you want to hang a case on uh, if you're a prosecutor. The uh, alleged victim in this case has uh, far fewer credibility problems, but you're thinking, if you're a prosecutor, they're thinking in terms of... Oh, the rally's on the 15th. I said 16th earlier. Florida. Uh, The woman now works in... You guys want me to stream that? Sort of a a hardcore pornography without being too graphic about it. So they also don't have, from what we understand clear evidence showing that Matt Gates paid for sex uh, with this 17-year-old or that he committed these other crimes. They need more evidence. They need someone who could kind of connect the dots, uh, be a bridge between these gaps. And it appears to be his ex-girlfriend is that person. Mm. Uh, there was during one point... Hopefully she's very vindictive. Pardon me, at some point in 2021... I can imagine Gates was a piece of shit to her. ...was on the phone with his ex-girlfriend and another woman in the case who was going to be speaking to prosecutors or the grand jury... And in that three-way call, it was recorded by this third woman. 
it is suspected that Gates may have obstructed justice by trying to get people to lie or change their stories or whatever. Whoa. He denies that, by the way. Uh, the ex-girlfriend... We got a Linda Tripp situation going on. ...is alleged to have been, by some, a part of that uh, plan to obstruct justice. So she was facing a charge. Prosecutors were saying, look, we're going to charge you with this. Uh, she was saying, look, I have some testimony you might want. And in exchange for that testimony, she doesn't get charged. Mm. Now, we don't know if that immunity deal has been inked. But we do know that today she went to the grand jury and she spoke to them for a number of hours. So that was my question of, oh, sorry, Mark. Yes, I love it, RB. Just like Trump described. Treat him not so nice. That deal. Uh, her lawyer is a guy named Tim Jansen, by the way. He's, he's based in Tallahassee, where I am right now. Uh, he has a reputation of being a master of the immunity deal. A few years ago, he got immunity for a man who admitted to committing murder in return for the man showing where the body Yeah, goddamn fucking Gates went on Tucker Carlson. It was like, you had dinner with the girl, Tucker. <laughs> He was uh, for the murder he had committed 17 years before. So this is her lawyer. He knows what he's doing. Wow. First of all, that's fascinating. Second of all, I was going to ask about what else do we know about this deal that she may have cut here? Have we heard? Listen, Gates has been vehement in denying this, right? This, though, and why I think this is so significant, why we're glad to have you on. I mean, people have been talking for a little while, right? I think people who were following this case, like, like, hey, maybe Matt Gates is in some trouble here. Boy, if this isn't the biggest flashing signal that, like, yes, he may really, really, really be in some trouble here, what, what else would be, you know? I've thought he's been in some that trouble for a while. There can be other witnesses. We are unaware of any other evidence. Obviously, prosecutors, prosecutors, we haven't reported this yet. I haven't, but just, just a little tidbit of some of the stuff they've done. In one case at Joel Greenberg's uh, gated community, they got the gate logs from 2017 to even find out the pizza man and the types of pizza that were being delivered. So it gives an idea of how intense the focus from DOJ has been. Mm. Now, with that all having been said, you know, one of the problems with, with uh, speaking quickly about this or doing relatively short stories that don't dive into the legal aspects of it, this is still not a slam dunk case. You're trying to prove that a, a person uh, in 2017, a number of years ago, had A, had sex with this minor, and B, had paid for it. So those are two elements of the crime they have to prove. And in addition to that, uh, Gates is, has money and he knows how to comport himself. And very But apparently he was showing pictures of people he slept with on the House floor. Public figures who have the money and wherewithal to defend themselves. So They're like, yeah, what he's saying is true, but it also looks like Matt Gates is a sloppy bitch. And knowing what we know about Greenberg and how sloppy he was with everything... Fucking, I can't imagine that they haven't slipped up and gave prosecutors exactly what they need. Just because his ex-girlfriend is testifying does not mean that he's definitely going to get indicted. And just because he gets indicted does not mean he's going to be convicted. That's so important. Wait, Mark, listen, you can't come on the show and say you don't have enough time to talk about stuff. What else? We're going to give you all the time. What is an important point that you think needs to be made about this story that hasn't been made? Uh, yeah, later on. Well, I think another one is the nature, uh, and we have to write it this way. We have to report it this way. Sex trafficking. I we, we know about, and I, like I hate that you guys ooed me last time I, I did this. We know about Marjorie Tater Greens. <laughs> we know about her proclivities for swinging and having multiple partners, and now her and Gates are real good friends. What the fuck have they been up to? Trafficking. And then fucking Katie Hill and Matt Gates were friends. Katie Hill was the Democratic congresswoman who was like having a, a, a three-way relationship with her husband and a staffer. 
that resigned from Congress, her and Matt Gates were friends. Were they all going to Roger Stone's house and shit? What the fuck? When you think sex trafficking of a minor, you think of the original ambit uh, or purpose of the statute which was to prevent sex trafficking rings, uh, people from getting lots of kids uh, together, uh, you know, trading them across state or even national lines. Oh, yeah, God forbid they have lots of kids. A couple of kids is fine. When they have lots of kids, that's when you got to shut it down. Falls under the ambit of the statute, but it is not the typical fact pattern that you see with most sex trafficking of a minor's case. This is a person who allegedly he had had sex with when she was 17, just a few months shy of being 18. Uh, she was not being pimped from what we gather. She was on a sugar daddy website called Seeking Arrangement, uh, according to information. So there should be a digital record. Against Greenberg. And she had sold herself as being 18 at the time. Now, that having been said, the sex trafficking minor statute has what's called strict liability, which means if you have sex with someone who's underage and if money changes hands, you are guilty of sex trafficking minor, even if you thought they were 18, even if they showed you a fake ID, it doesn't matter. So there, there are some complications and nuances to the charge. There are some uniqueness potentially if... Well, I mean, they used to even refer to them by, by their age. This is not your sip typical sex trafficking of a minor case. Mark Caputo, uh, we are so glad to have you on. Talk- we, we, like, we know that from the Venmo transactions and shit, and their text messages, or like their WhatsApp or whatever. They would refer to them like by their like birth years. Weirdos. Fucking absolute pedos. Speaking of pedos... The sexual abuse lawsuit against Prince Andrew will move forward. The Queen's second son is accused of sexually abusing a then-teenage girl who was being sex-trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein. What an ugly-looking piece of shit. A federal judge in New York on Wednesday declined to dismiss a sexual assault lawsuit against Prince Andrew, who was being sued by a woman who claimed she was forced to have sex with him while she was a minor and under the control of former financier Jeffrey Epstein. Judge Lewis Kaplan said in his ruling, I know that name from somewhere. He has ruled on other things uh, that I know of that have been high profile. Judge Lewis Kaplan said in his ruling that he denied in all respects the Duke's attempt to stop the case. The decision in the is the latest blow against Andrew, who has consistently denied the accusations of Virginia Gouffray, who is now 38 and a vocal critic of the justice system's failures in the Epstein case. The Duke of York's lawyers have unsuccessfully fought to have the civil lawsuit thrown out for months. In the lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, that's what, the Southern District of New York. That's why I've heard that name before. Gouffre says Andrew sexually abused her on multiple occasions between 2000 and 2002 while knowing that she was a sex trafficking victim under the age of 18. Specifically, Gouffre says she was forced to engage in sex acts with the Duke in London, New York, and on Epstein's private island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Andrew was a longtime friend and associate of Epstein, a convicted sex offender, and Epstein's former girlfriend and recently convicted co-conspirator, Ghislaine Maxwell. Epstein killed himself in a federal detention center. Allegedly! 
In August of 2019, while awaiting trial on charges of sex trafficking and abusing dozens of underage girls, some as young as 14. Now, you may say if he was awaiting trial, how was he a convicted sex offender? They convicted him back in like 2007. How was the motherfucker ever let out? And that is, that is a rabbit hole that connects to Trump in a lot of ways. Gouffre first publicly accused Andrew of sexual assault in a sworn statement for a different Epstein-related lawsuit in December of 2014. She then sued Andrew for battery and emotional damages on August 9th, 2021, under New York's Child Victims Act of 2019, a temporary law that allowed people over the age of 55 to file civil lawsuits related to childhood sex abuse, no matter how long ago the incident, but only during a limited time period. I think that was a law meant to target, like, the church... Duke and his legal team have fought from the beginning to make Gouffre's case go away. Andrew was able to avoid being served for nearly a month, and even then his legal team at first claimed that he had not been properly presented with the official documents under UK and international law. Kaplan rejected that argument in a ruling dated September 17th. There is Andrew with the accuser in his hand around her waist, just laying Maxwell over her shoulder. Before the hearing, Kaplan rejected a defense motion that attempted to delay proceedings based on the argument that Gouffre primarily resides in Australia and not the United States. The judge also ordered the unsealing of a 2009 secret settlement between Epstein... Okay, it was 2009 then was the original conviction. I was off. I said 2007. The secret settlement between Epstein and Gouffre, which Andrew's legal team claimed included a clause preventing her from suing the royal... Yeah, that that fucking Trump distancing himself is bullshit. He had outlived his usefulness and like okay, if you're one of the people that believes that Epstein didn't kill himself, guess who was uh guess who was in the executive branch at the time? That would have had the power wasn't the Clintons. Wasn't the Clintons, motherfuckers. I, uh, like, I'm sorry you guys keep getting commercials. I thought I had it turned down to the lowest I could. Because I don't like commercials. I'm not a fan. Unfortunately, I do have a set of commercials for my own shit that uh, I will start using Predominantly on the Freak Show, whenever Sparkles gets back in here and she needs a potty break. I I have a little ad break I can run. But it's like for my shit and they're funny. I even got got some people to record some voiceovers and shit for it. All All kinds of improvements are coming to the Troll Patrol in 2022. Okay, this is a wild story, and you guys probably haven't heard this because it went pretty much under the radar. John Kurzweilski was killed in a Tallahassee road rage incident. This story is wild. And, of course, it's a Florida man. 
So, Kozwanski, 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 Kozwanski. I think I'm saying it right now. Kozwanski. Kozwanski. I was thinking like Brad Kozlowski from NASCAR. Kozwanski was arrested for a separate road rage incident at the same intersection in 2014. John Kozwanski, the legislative affairs director for the State Board of Administration, a Republican. It doesn't say it here at the beginning of the, the story, but he was indeed a Republican. Was killed in a shootout triggered by a road rage incident in North Tallahassee. The Leon County Sheriff's Office took one person into custody after the January 6th incident. However, that person has since been released and no charges have been filed, according to the uh, Leon County Sheriff's Office. The office issued an initial statement reporting a fatal shooting that occurred last Thursday, shortly after 5 p.m., near the intersection of Bannerman Road and Thomasville Road, following the al- an altercation between two drivers. Thursday's release confirms Kozwanski was killed in the incident. Investigation into what occurred is still ongoing. There are conflicting reports about what happened, though it appears events escalated to fatal violence following a traffic incident. Sources familiar with details of the investigation told Florida Politics Kozwanski caused the auto incident that began the chain of events and that he began the shootout that led to his own death. The sources said the incident began after Kozwanski's BMW drifted out of its lane while heading north. That's when the BMW hit a white Prius. Both cars pulled into a parking lot. The driver of the Prius confronted Kozwanski about hitting him, the sources said. The Prius's driver then returned to his car to wait for law enforcement's arrival after confronting Kozwanski. That's when, according to Florida politics sources, Kozwanski rammed his BMW into the Prius on the driver's door and began pushing the car sideways in the parking lot. Kozwanski then shot a gun at the white Prius, according to the sources. The Prius driver drew a gun and fired back into the windshield of Kozlanski's BMW. Kozwanski was hit and killed, according to the sources. The driver of the Prius then exited their vehicle on the passenger side and took cover, not knowing if Kozwanski was about to fire back. However, Kozwanski's wife, Rebecca Kozwanski, said in a Twitter thread that her husband was a victim while confirming he lost his life. She claimed that he was trapped and assassinated and was trying to escape the person shooting at him. Comments were made on a thread posted by Florida Politics publisher Peter Schwartz announcing Kozwanski's death. He was on his way home early to pick us up for a farewell dinner for our daughter. He called to say he was on his way to beat traffic. He was excited for dinner to see us. He told us he loved us and never came home. She added that the family deserves time to heal and privacy. Our whole lives are shattered. The children and I, his friends and family, so many who adored this wonderful, kind, loving man who would do anything for anyone. We are all devastated. The whole world lost a great man. Apparently, he was a jackass. The incident took place less than two miles from Kozwanski's home. He leaves behind his wife and two children. Dennis McKee, speaking on behalf of the State Board of Administration, said he could not confirm that Kozwanski was the person killed in the road rage, in- road rage incident, but confirmed that he died Thursday, according to the Tallahassee Democrat. He was quite, 
He was a quiet fellow. Everything in his world was about his family. Kozwanski pleaded no contest to assault and disorderly conduct charges in 2014 related to a separate road rage incident at the same intersection. Now, I will admit, I have actually known people in my life that were the nicest people until they got behind a wheel of a car and they turned into raging fucking jackasses. And I never understood it. I don't like to ride with those people. I drive like a fucking grandmother. One time, one time, I got called into the, uh, the, the, the office of like the HR person at the TV station I worked at. And uh, she said, one of the neighbors here next to the the station called us and said, you were flying down the road at a really unsafe speed. And I was like, well, that was impossible. That couldn't have been me. And she was like, take it back. I'm like, I drive like a grandmother. And you can ask everyone in this TV station that's ever been behind me coming up the hill. They don't like being behind me. I don't, I don't get people that drive like me. First of all, like if you're driving to your job or something, my job ain't fucking important enough for me to be fucking speeding. I will be late before I put my life on the line for your stupid ass job. (laughs) Fuck you. So I don't get road rage at all. Oh God. Well, I mean, like, my last job, I wasn't making a minimal wage. Like, I was, I was paid decently. Still not enough for me to put my line on the line, my life on the line and speed through fucking traffic on an interstate. You motherfuckers can wait. And boy, like, the last, the last time I actually had a real job, my boss did not like tardiness at all. And, uh... Fucking deal with it. I don't give a shit. That's why I didn't stay there. <laughs> LA cops get fired for ignoring a robbery so they could play Pokemon Go instead. Instead of helping to catch a robber, the two officers opted to go catch a Snorlax. How do they know for sure that it was a Snorlax? I don't know anything about Pokemon. California court has ruled that the two officers of the Los Angeles Police Department who ignored a robbery in progress call so they could hunt down a Snorlax. I mean, they've said it multiple times now. A Snorlax in Pokemon Go instead will be fired, as well they should be. Thank fucking God it's almost impossible to get cops fired. Court documents via the USA Today indicate that the incident occurred in April of 2017. My God! Can you imagine if you ignored your job duties? You'd be fired immediately that fucking day. These motherfuckers have been, like, having this adjudicated since 20 goddamn 17? I was wondering, because, like, wasn't Pokemon Go out of fashion, like, in 2016? During their patrol, they received a call for backup to handle an active robbery with multiple suspects at a nearby mall, but instead of coming to help, they left the scene. While their sergeant asked about their failure to respond, uh, 
When their sergeant asked about their failure to respond to the call, they claimed that they hadn't heard it because there was a lot of music and it was really loud in the park where they were patrolling. The fucking police's union. Like, every, like, those are the strongest unions in this country. Remember, guys, I do, I do contract work for a union-busting organization. I have wanted to ask them so many times, why don't you go after police unions? I never hear you mention police unions. Whew. Sergeant uh, let it drop at first, but soon reconsidered. This was a more serious situation than emulating Pokemon Go on your PC. After all, he decided to take a look at the digital in-car video system, which records officers' actions while in their vehicles. And that's where things went very wrong for the Pokemon cops. The video revealed that they were, in fact, parked very close to the mall when the call came in. And that they not only heard the call, but discussed whether or not they should answer it. And that they, they, uh, that they then radioed in to say they were at a different location to justify not responding to the call for backup. Cops are pieces of shit. They're useless. They're absolutely goddamn useless. Oh, that's why, like, I am totally all for abolishing the cops, because what the, what the fuck? What good are they? Oh, the TSA is nothing but security theater. Don't get me started on the TSA. There was that report a few years back where, like, they failed to detect anything. Like, the fucking experts came through with, like, concealed shit in their luggage, and the fucking TSA couldn't detect a fucking goddamn thing. Fuck the TSA. And fuck Oklahoma. Oklahoma has done some really shitty things. They have tortured inmates to death. To the point where Oklahoma death row inmates are now seeking the firing squad. So they don't get tortured to death. Two Oklahoma death row inmates facing executions in the coming months offered firing squad as a less problematic alternative to the state's three-drug lethal injection. According to their attorneys, a federal judge said on Monday the two inmates, Donald Grant and Gilbert Postel, want the U.S. District Judge Stephen Fryot to grant them a temporary injunction that would delay their upcoming executions until a trial can be held over whether Oklahoma's three-drug lethal injection method is constitutional. Trial is set to begin before Fryatt on February 28th, but Grant is scheduled to be put to death on January 27th, while Postel is set for execution on February 17th. While it might be gruesome to look at, we all agree it will be quicker. Attorney Jim Stronsky told Fryatt after a day-long hearing in Oklahoma City, Fryatt did not issue a decision Monday on the inmate's motion, but said he hoped to release an order by the end of the week. There's a lot for me to get my mind around, Fryett said. Among the experts who testified was Dr. James Williams, an emergency medicine specialist from Texas who has more than 40,000 hours of emergency room experience and who has extensively studied the use of firing squads. Well, I mean, I guess the hope is you have enough people firing guns that, that somebody fucking is able to hit them. I mean, because if you look up cops fucking 
uh, uh, what do you call it? Their accuracy rate on the ranges, it's fucking piss poor. It's like in the teens. Uh. Oklahoma has never used firing squad as a method of executing prisoners since statehood. The current state law does allow for its use of other methods like lethal injection were determined to be unconstitutional or otherwise unavailable. The Oklahoma Department of Corrections does not currently have execution protocols in place for any other method other than lethal injection. I am very much against the death penalty. I didn't used to be in my younger years. The thing that changed my mind was when I found out that over 90% of the inmates on death row couldn't afford an attorney. That fact alone, that fact alone made me do an about face. Holy shit, it's only something we do to poor people. It is only something we do to poor people. I actually got to hear... Sister Carrie Prejean speak when I was in college. She came to my college. She is the nun that, um, what, the Green Mile was based off of. Is it the Green Mile? Shawshank Redemption. Green Mile. Green Mile. Yeah, Green Mile. I always get the two prison movies confused. Green Mile. That's the one. I heard that fact. Boom. Like, fuck that. I am very anti-death penalty. Alright, let's get some levity after after that. Michael Jackson's still alive? I don't know what they're talking Apparently, like, Tucker Carlson and Don Jr. are talking something about Michael Jackson being alive. I don't know if they're making some kind of joke or some shit. I don't know what's going on. I haven't watched this shit. What the fuck are they talking about? Apparently the right-wingers are drinking piss now, so maybe he's had a little too much piss. Okay, guys, this is really big news. Um, I, I actually I just got off an airplane. I saw this clip. Lost Wi-Fi service while we were landing, and I had to address it immediately because... Yeah, yeah. Dip. It costs more to kill an inmate than it does to house them for life. That's also a factor, but, like, it was that we only do it to the poor. We only do it to the fucking poor. I can't believe we didn't figure this out till now, but just now on Tucker Carlson, I saw what appears to be real video evidence that Michael Jackson is actually still alive. (laughs) That's ignorant. Stop being ignorant. Years ago. Now, I just saw video evidence that looks irrefutable. I, I mean, it looks exactly like him. And for the record... I think they're going to show like Nancy Pelosi or some shit. ...neighbor in Trump Tower. I used to play Nintendo with Michael Jackson. So this looks exactly like it. And it, it appears that Tucker Carlson was able to find Michael Jackson, who appeared live on Face the Nation this weekend. Again... It could be a deep fake. It could be someone that incredibly closely resembles Michael Jackson. But check it out and see for yourself. Please, let's see it. To me, it's a no-brainer. And again, I knew the guy. I couldn't even wait to get in my car to get home 
to talk about it. That's how I knew the guy. It's so close. The likeness is uncanny. Check out what Car Tucker Carlson was able to discover, and I'm glad we have people like him doing journalism, finding these sorts of things. This better be a good punchline. I'm 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 on the edge of my seat over here, and I'm not high enough for this. We can call it out, Michael. If that's you, I hope you're doing well, man. I hope you're doing well. So yesterday was Sunday. You may have found yourself on the couch, idly flipping around the TV. Cocaine, cocaine. You could have had the shock of your life. Michael Jackson was on Face the Nation. Now, to be clear, this wasn't video of Michael Jackson performing his hit songs in the 1990s. This appeared to be a living version of the international pop star that news reports claim died of a drug OD more than a dozen years ago. And yet, despite those claims, there he was, fully, undeniably Michael Jackson, talking on television. How can that be? Honestly, we have no idea. We're not theologians here. This is merely a news program. We can only show you what we saw. Here it is. There's nothing more important for us to do than protect our Constitution and our democracy. This was so uneventful. Doing across the country is really a, a legislative wow. continuation. That's all you fucking got. Which is to undermine our democracy. See? Michael Jackson. That was him. No Billy Jean. Apparently he's given up singing. Now he's telling lies about politics. Same man. If you've ever seen Michael Jackson, you cannot forget the face. Though admittedly, he's had a lot of work done since we saw him last. Man. What the fuck? A hundred and four thousand. A hundred and four thousand likes. Seventeen thousand comments. Two point four million views. All the Donald Trump. Can you imagine what the Tucker Carlson segment did? And I've seen other. Because once one right winger says it, all the other ones copy and paste it, and they get the views too. It's so easy to be a right winger. I know, it was such a big build-up. I'm sorry, once again, once again, I don't watch this shit before I play it for you. So, we might get duds sometimes. I'm sorry that was a dud. That was a real letdown. But right-wingers are fucking morons. I don't think this video is going to be a letdown because it features birds and big cats. So I don't think it can possibly let you down. I had a video that was very similar to this the other day. This is a this is a bird going into like a, a a wildlife rescue habitat and just fucking with the with the big cats. I don't think this is a safe place. Watch the kitties. Watch them swim. They're so fucking cute. You guys all know if I ever saw a big cat like that, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to die from like a big cat eating me. And I, you ever seen the documentary Grizzly Man? He died at the hands of the bears that he went to live with. 
That could be me with big kitties. I go out to the woods to, to live with the big kitties. You guys find me dead in a couple of years. The duck was uh, just fucking with him, it looks like. I, I think the way it's hopping around in the water is so goddamn cute. Look how pretty all of them are. But why are there so many tigers in such a such a small space? Really hoping this is some kind of like a wildlife refuge or some shit. Cause I, I hate I hate kitties being taken out of the wild. But also like we're destroying their fucking habitat. There's not a lot of places for the big kitties to live anymore. Fucking sad. It is fucking sad. I thought they were supposed to rescue them when they were hurt. Or that fucking poachers took advantage of them and they were they were freed. I thought that was what refuges were for. Oh, did Twitch get fucking... Did Twitch get hacked or some shit? They're reminding me to update my password. They have another data breach. Amazon have a fucking data breach. Fuck you, Amazon. Fuck you, Amazon. Fuck you, fucking Alphabet Company. Fuck you, Facebook. Fuck all the fucking platforms I'm broadcasting on right now. You all suck. You all suck ass. Anyway, it's been a lot of fun doing the show for you guys tonight. I'm sorry I was off the last couple of days. Won't happen again. I'm not going to overdose on Tylenol again. I learned my fucking lesson. That was a horrible fucking feeling. Never do that again. But if you're watching on Twitch, you're going to head over to see Producer Dave. Uh, oh, he doesn't look like he has HK tonight, but it is the Intellectual Dollar Tree. Oh, it looks like he's watching a Weinstein. I don't know which one. Is that Brett or Eric? I don't know. that. I think that's Eric he's watching. Find out when we get there. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live. Thank you for uh, wishing me safety with my enzymes, Tones. I love you guys. I missed you the two days I wasn't here. We'll see you tomorrow night.